0: I that that, that that actually just happened to play Because I unlocked my phone and I was already on it Who do you think you I Who do you think you I <laughs> the, the Island Boys have dropped a new freestyle It is about four seconds long And it's fucking amazing ladies and gentlemen, uh, Harrison here, just letting you know that there's a bit of weird audio interference on the podcast this time, I haven't a fucking faintest clue why it happened, uh, sorry about that, uh, have a good, uh, enjoy. Um, hello and welcome to the 3T RPG Podcast, the show all about t- t- tabletop RPGs, my name's Harrison Hunt and with me is Sean Hunt. We're squalling. And of course we've got James Clunk.
1: Blim 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 blim, Salabim. <laughs>
0: Now, as I mentioned, this show is all about tabletop RPGs, and today we're going to be reviewing a game inspired by Hitler himself, and that's not even a joke, but before that we'll be doing feedback, RPG news, and what we've been slaying, and later in the show we'll do your Electro Letters in the, uh, in the correspondence segment. Can I get an Ach Ja? Ach Ja! Yeah.
2: That's a nice. nuk nice.
0: What's good about today is that Sean is, is going to be doing the main subject, he's reviewed racial holy war.
2: Well, you, t- you said you you said you were gonna. I thought you were doing it.
0: it. <laughs> no, seriously. I no. Have you because,
2: done it? Yeah, yeah. I've done it. So, do you want me well, Sean's to... done it, but he's composed
0: it in the form of a song where it's going to sound exactly like I've reviewed it. Uh, it's a very conceptual, very experimental song. Yes, yeah, pre- Hollywood. Sean. Holy this is the second time today you've t- sung really cringily. That's that's a bit. He just sung Hitler um, how many... really. Nice. <laughs> uh, sorry, my mic my mic stand just fell down, just out of nowhere. So uh, that's staying in. Um, I haven't got time to edit this shit. All right, let's do some feedback. The feedback side. The feedback side. Yes, bitch. The feedback side. Feedback, bitch. It's the feedback section. Yeah, we take your comments and read them out. Yeah, feedback, bitch. So Giga Greg, he says, I'm impressed with how diehard the fans of this podcast are. Thank you. I wish they were. (laughs) This is my favorite podcast by a long shot, and there's something about it that just keeps coming back. Keeps me coming back. It's raw and authentic, has great production value without being over edited. Bravo. Okay, so in episode 100, you were talking about a PTBA game powered by the PBTA. Oh, my God. I've been saying PTBA for all this time. It's powered by the apocalypse. Yeah, yeah. PTBA P- yeah, P-T- T- Power by T <laughs> Anyway, and he says, and oh, no, I almost unsubscribed. Please tell me you guys came to your senses and threw that idea in the bin. Narrative games are for foofy zoomers in it. <laughs> uh, well I like Power by the Apocalypse. L- let's be honest, we all like traditional role playing the best. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Right? We but but the the story games like Vampire, P T B A, because we played Root for a bit, they're good. They just feel a different niche it's Uh, like saying it's saying that it's like saying oh you've played a board game this week you must hate traditional role playing it's like no they're just very different things
2: it's good for like a short campaign like a like like a week like maybe a couple of weeks to five weeks or something and depends on depends on the setting because some of them are really fucking good like Root you could play for years. Root is
0: very good Uh, Mm. what's that one with the werewolves and shit in it Uh, powered by the werewolves No, it's not powered by the werewolves stop making up games all the time it's got uh monster of the week that's it boom that one's good uh but yeah he was very really nice to us at the beginning of his message so uh yeah thanks for the message but uh don't you ever yeah don't, don't you don't ever. you ever do it again <laughs> um yeah so, but ptba is, is very good pbta whatever uh, is very good um <laughs> Tell us from Lou. that's not even closely the same thing
2: no, but it, it's not... It's. Oh, that's like a story game
0: as well. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's just, it depends on what you, you like. I was, and to be fair, we've never played one of those as a full campaign, but I always enjoy them when I play them, but it he just is very different to traditional role-playing. Like, if you're doing a dungeon call in Dungeon World, for example, which uses that system... It's going to be mainly about the story that happens to you in the dungeon. Yeah. How, how do you deal with having her legs chopped off by a trap? Do you know what I mean? But yeah, I like them. They're just very different. Uh, next one comes in from the Greg man. He says As I'm listening to the episode, I assume he means the last one, I find myself wondering exactly how Harrison feels about mannerisms and Dwarves Against the Apocalypse. I don't think that was really answered. <laughs> right. No, but I I've, I've finally got my feelings out. I mean, we really did a whole episode about it already. And then we had a good rant about the bloke himself and about mannerism in the uh, in the Game of the Year episode. So, in the awards, I should say. So, it's finally off my chest. I'm never going to mention Guy MacDonald again. Never. All right. Now, let's just see what happens in the episode, right? But he might come up. He might come up naturally. Probably not, because he's only about three foot tall. Damn it, I've mentioned him again. <laughs> should we do some news? Yeah, I think so. Uh... So this is, there's a bit more that's come out about this recently, but essentially the headline is this, Wizards of the Coast takes, takes Matt Mercer's money. Good. So we spoke about the rumoured abolition of the uh, open gaming licence for D&D, which was a licence set up long, long ago in a land far away, Utah. Meaning that people could make third party products using the D&D rule set and make money off them. Now, it was rumoured that Wizards of the Coast were going to get rid of it entirely, which was stupid and untrue. People still think that, though. People do still think that. Now, there's been a couple of videos that came out literally last night talking about it, because there's been some developments. Some documents have been leaked. Fresh off the press. Yes, so they're not getting rid of the OGL. (laughs) Pardon me they are but they are modding it right so now if you make products for dnd using the open gaming license you need to report any earnings that you make from them to wizards of the coast right which is fucked up and there is a reason for it but now i know what you're thinking right probably the same as me who the fuck is going to want to publish things for dnd now and i mean
2: it's a bit 1984 isn't it
0: really? it's very 1984 but worse i'd say
2: yeah much worse. um and also what's
0: that one where people get turned into slurm is it the running man doesn't matter anyway. It, it, the thing is, right? Currently, with the meager, meager earnings we make from our products and drive through RPG, right? I have to report those to the council, right? Because it's because it's income. Mm. And uh, they want to take some of it, so so that means that 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 now I'm also going to have to report it to Wizards of the Coast, right? Because they actually the ones that we've made do actually use the OGL, so now we're going to have to tell them. Uh, excuse me, Gary, Mr. Gygax, I've made um I've made two p on Clumped. Which is kind of kind of insane, and that it it, it may mean what people are saying is that current currently in print books are going to uh, move away from D and D, right? So they're not going to get reprinted. But but that's fucking out of order. So So this could be the end of DCC, for example. Now, uh, that's not the case, right? Because the new OGL applies only to stuff made from here on out, right? But does that mean if Goodman Games decide to do a fifth printing of DCC? like all sick or whatever we're on does that mean that now they're going to have to replace like do all of those right so like that might mean that lamentations DCC OSE HIV all of those should be fine right because they were made before this addendum right anyway when a creator makes something using the 6th edition OGL, uh, and they make a certain amount of money, which we now know is £50,000, right? Then Wizards of the Coast can take a big chunk of that. They just take one, look at your shit, and they just go, right, I'm having art of that.
2: For no, re- for no reason, really, basically.
0: Uh, for no reason, but, right, no, because they need money. Wizards of the Coast, they've had a hard couple of years. Magic the Gathering is, hang on a minute, it says here it's the most popular card game of all time. But D&D 5E, oh, wait a minute, no, still the most popular IP. it's uh, um, not adding up here, we need to go to the lab for this one, but but here's my hope, right, out that, that hopefully will come of this, right? Critical Role's now going to start getting charged for using D&D 5E, or, six, well, it's going to be 6E, right? So they're going to get charged for it because they're making products using that license, i.e. their actual plays, Does that mean now, do you reckon they might move away from D&D and start doing other systems, therefore bringing other systems to to the masses? Because fuck, giving Wizards of the Coast money. It's not like they made the game.
2: Well, why don't people just like use Savage Worlds instead for that sort of reason?
0: But the thing is, Critical Role did once. They did an off-season, a four-episode where they uh, played Deadlands and got a lot of the rules wrong, but... My point is, it's what if they made that then their main series? Either that'll mean, right, the Critical Role will die because people want to just watch 5 East or, or, or D&D stuff, right? Or it might mean it'll bring Savage Worlds to a whole new audience. Either way, it's win-win. Critical Role dies or other popular RPGs. Or they just carry on Hopefully playing 6th edition and report all their earnings to Wizards of the Coast, which will probably be what's actually going to happen. I don't really
1: understand how it works because it seems mental.
0: Well, and in addition to that, um, I don't understand either. I'm not a lawyer. I, I, you know, I failed the bar exam. But, um, I don't really know how it works either. But I do know that under American law, you can't copyright a game mechanic. So, technically, as long as I didn't copy and paste any text from 6th edition, I could make a product with it without the open game license even being in the book and still get away with it. So... I guess they're just trying their luck um, just I, seeing if it works out
2: I just hope that this, this new edition sort of tanks I have a feeling it might but I also have a feeling it could be a runaway success So
0: yeah it really could go either way I'm, I, to, I for one am interested to see what happens out of this because to me I, I don't think I've ever bought a third party D&D pro- in fact I don't think I've ever bought a third, uh, third party D&D product ever right I usually just buy the core cool rule books and that's it so I think maybe we'll we'll uh, start to see people moving away to making stuff for different systems, which is always good, as long as it's not PTBA, eh, Greg? <laughs> Agreed.
1: PBTBDBA.
0: Powered the by apocalypse. Um, but that, yeah, that's pretty much it for news. So I saw um, today a lady by the name of Arcane Library. She does really good YouTube videos. That she released one just saying, oh, "This is the end. This is the end of me publishing stuff for Well wow. I was thinking, but. Like, oh, no no offense it. to her, right? Because we don't make anything off of this, right? Yeah. But no offense to her, but she's not making 50k.
2: She'll be alright. Just carry on. Yeah, that's true. Also, oh, there's. Because I but think if she's. She is, if,
0: if, if I'm not mistaken, she's still got a day job, right? But if she is making
1: 50k of it, then fucking just change the. Change your, your, your system. Yeah, exactly. change
0: it. Use a VPN and by the way this episode is sponsored by nordvpn <laughs> <laughs> just use a vpn make your products and put them out if wizards tries to come for you just say no check out the uh, ip address on that shit you know wizards turns out i'm in uh, kuala lumpur
2: we're like wizards of the coast are after me in the uk i really want to use this book but you know it's only available in argentina so i just switched that up to argentina and bam
0: and bam <laughs> NordVPN's got you covered. (laughs) But anyway, yeah, I I think it's shitty. I think it's a shitty move. But at the end of the day... I, I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel about it, to tell Would you the truth. have proven that there's just money-grabbing whores. That's all it is, really, yeah, isn't it? And that that's probably the saddest bit about it. And if there are... Because I know there are good companies making stuff out there. Like, the people that made the Lord of the Rings ones for D&D, for example, they're very good. And they're a 5e product. And now they're probably not going to convert it to 6e because it means that a lot of their profits going to be taken. And, yeah, they're probably making more than 50k a year. But at the end of the day... That's still a small company that consists of you know a handful of people, and they deserve the money for the things they've made. Maybe
1: it's because they're trying, um, like I said, they're trying their luck, but they're trying to keep up with the uh, subscription-based everything now, and then that said. would mean that um, it kind of becomes a regular income like that.
0: Yeah, I guess so. Because once somebody once somebody buys a book, that means uh, at the end of the day they're done, right? They bought the fucking book. So in this case, it means that people buy the book and then if people keep making shit for it because everyone is playing the game then they're going to still be getting money after the fact which I suppose it's the
1: microtransactions that they're
0: after absolutely well
2: never mind fuck them it seems like they're trying to sort of go to sort of a level of Sort of mainstream sort of Marvel type level with I with
0: think they they've been getting there for quite a number of years and then now they're trying to embrace it really. Let's be let's be honest. Yeah. It's the whole geek lifestyle that you know had a rise and fall in the last ten years. Like it's that type of thing. It's like geek retreat in Rygate. God Um Yeah, well that is it for news. Shall we go on to what you slaying? Yes, please. So we ended Savage Pathfinder. Um this is Sean's grand epic fantasy campaign it's magnum opus it was actually let's be honest yeah, yeah. Oh, I could really do the magnum right now you know oh man Sorry. And some opal fruits oh. uh, yeah it was good so this is um, Pinnacle's Savage Worlds mixed with Paizo's Pathfinder um, and it's, it sort of emulates classic fantasy without the guff we love it out of the bum. We really do. I won a lot of awards in the awards show. And uh, we've we been playing this game. We were starting out as the police for a very small town. Got embroiled in this whole thing where these crystals that protect uh, the, each city are being uh, corrupted by evil. And, yeah, we we uh, we've, we finished it. So it, we kind of got to the end. Um, and the last crystal that we had to get was the... Light Crystal, and we had to slot all of the other five crystals into the Light Crystal. Um, each, what was cool was that each um, each crystal kind of had a patron attached to it, and these were all characters from our old campaigns that have since become sort of demigods or gods or whatever. Yeah. But when we finally plugged all the five into the Light Crystal, it was our old characters, and they'd sort of been in heaven for a for a long time, and they came back to help us in the last fight. Yeah. So essentially, we could have taken on the boss at any point, uh, the last boss, but it turns out that we by collecting all the, the other crystals and unlocking the uh, the demigods that were leaked um, that were trapped within them it meant that we could uh, damage the boss where we wouldn't have been able to before because they weakened it enough yeah. for us to there's quite a good cinematic uh, piece that Sean sort of played
1: out in that scene because as soon as it opened up he just went okay um
0: Like, you are about to get
1: attacked, and then every single one of the patrons come
0: Like, we had Stanley from a previous game come out and, like, slash it with his big holy sword. We had somebody else, Norman Fiend, who was one of the previous bad guys, come out and blast it with a load of darkness. It was really great, and uh, it turns out that the bad guy... Oh, God, long, long ago on this podcast, we did an episode about how to do a big bad, and it was this guy from many many years ago the first campaign we ever did as a group and the big bad was this guy called lenny Smeckers, who turned out as nothing but then sort of through the game and the characters liking him sort of it became he became the big bad and it turns out it was him uh, and he'd come back and it was this whole thing where he was trying to uh, create what was it the ultimate evil
2: yeah um well he um basically his uh, sort of reach of power um only tended to work in that universe and uh, cuz he was sort he was kind of at that point lonely cuz he was so powerful he decided to control control and manipulate this universe um, and that's what he did. By and... right, corrupting all of these crystals. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it was pretty good. So, we fought. Uh, so, the very final scene, we had James's character, Ruddles, a barbarian who was close to being veteran level. Um, yeah, yeah. But we had so many magic items and stuff because we've been playing this for ages, right? So many magic items and abilities and things like this that we entered the last fight with. And now, this is going to seem silly King Kong and a Pokeball, uh, <laughs> a Triant named Trent, who was on our team. Your James's character's mum from another universe, space mum, space mum, uh, who we had as a summon, and then we had the three of us. Uh, James pretty much didn't need anything but himself, but I was armed with a with a trebuchet, um, a gun, and a giga truncheon. Which and we is, also
1: uh, um, doubled up um, Tabaskus's character.
0: Oh yeah, we had a gun called the New Dude Doop, which was from another campaign, which essentially duplicates something well, yeah. uh yeah so we yeah, doubled we doubled up his character because his character was a wizard and this was a cool strategy i think yeah we were going to double your character because he was the most powerful but in the end we changed it to tabuscus's counter henry because we uh because he had some spells that were buffs and some that were damaging so he divided himself into two so that he could buff with one destroy with the other basically yes mate it was fucking cool um I was playing a monk and uh, yeah, we had, and then we had a wizard and we had basically a big showdown with about six people uh, versus the boss and beat the everlasting shit out of him. Um, and it was it was good. Fair to say we all got a bit emotional. Sean
2: you got a bit emotional, didn't you? Yeah, I did, yeah. Yeah, for several reasons. I mean I loved the characters, you know, it was uh, you know, like creating that campaign was like a full time job really. And <laughs> so um, Well
0: yeah, it's clear that you put a lot of effort into and it and it was but,
2: fucking awesome. But mm. Thanks. Cheers man. Um but like um it was sad to see it go, but I had that ending going in my head for ages and stuff and you know, I think we were all invested in the characters. Uh, it was it
1: was it, it was, was a very you guys it was a very beautiful moment because it was right you know when the sort of last moments were playing out and sean started describing the scene and telling us what was happening around us and sean stood up and sort of had to wipe his eyes a couple of times and and then he was just like you're right it's like yeah just uh, i've been thinking about this for a very long time and he like, well was, he, told, awesome.
0: he told he uh, told somebody who's not in the group uh, his idea for how the ending might go Months before the campaign even started, right? Yeah. And the very fact that you uh, uh, managed to make the campaign without ever feeling railroady because we yeah we were going to these certain places and getting the crystals that was the only part of it that could be even remotely considered to be rail well ready but how we got them how we dealt with each problem was completely up to us and the fact that we had all of that and the ending still roughly worked out how you imagined except there just have to be king kong and a pokeball with tree and an old woman from another dimension helping us out because
2: yeah, the beginning and the end were the only bits i really like scripted if you know what i mean but that's mad like that's, <laughs> like, that's like that's amazing
1: yeah. I'm- I'm uh, so no, the oh, there going. Yeah. left in No, oh, no, it won't be left in. This'll get left in. <laughs> i sure bring the mic do like Oh wait, that's on- that's on record now. Don't listen to this. Oh, yeah. <coughs> got minute, oh. Okay.
0: Right. Uh but yeah, I mean I, it it was it was very good and the the so the campaign ended with a uh, sort of re, not resetting history because we were still in the same universe, but it sort of was a reset because a, a couple of the characters who had died before then well we sort of the end happened and the only person that remembers all of this happening was James's character Ruddles right and it was well it was amazing because basically what happened was
1: there was a convergence because of how we uh, saved the universes and by from the big bad and so our characters who existed
0: whilst we were playing the game well, actually from different universes but all happened to be there and uh, yeah we were security guards in the casino we'd visited earlier in the game and what was cool is like years and years ago I did this really stupid thing in one of my campaigns where there was a guy called Wo, who um, <coughs> created a fake dungeon to allow people the uh, thrill of, of doing a dungeon in D&D um, and it was all cardboard cutouts things jumping out you and go like this and we visited the fucking um, the casino maybe three four months earlier in the campaign uh like in actual real lifetime and uh, uh there's this thing called the dungeon experience there and uh you were like that's the only attraction it's now closed and as we ended the game he's like well uh it's finally open and so that's what we did as our last thing it's like a snapshot of us all looking really happy all going in town to do this dungeon experience I love, together
2: i love that image because it was like you guys r- running like with like a like, uh, well, with your weapons up and then uh, your character James was like uh, like standing back admiring what he had
0: well we had to stop for a minute there because my fucking neighbours I don't know if you can hear that listen. it's a bit of drilling and, it, in, and it's, it terrifies my son and then but then uh, they they we went down to complain and then they started telling us that they were going to do it and now they've just stopped entirely telling us that is and just drilling and it's fucking saturday morning man what are they doing anyway yeah. it's like a loud and in- yeah right. fucking cunts anyway sick
1: campaign Hey. Um, so right, going back to Sean's campaign and the uh, magnum opus that it definitely was. Like honestly, uh, we all of us said it's the uh, best campaign we've ever um, played in.
0: Wow. Whoa, now yeah, yeah. you got too much dip yes. on your chip. No, it was it was very 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 good. I think uh, now this is. This is terrible, but I'm going to say it, and I know he doesn't listen to the podcast. But I think a big part of it, right, was that for once we were allowed to simply play good people with morals, because there is a player at our campaigns that that left semi recently, and he, uh, um, he always takes things. He, he's quite style of players that the mission's getting done no matter what, right? And We've managed yeah, so to keep I him have... in check, yeah, yeah. on occasion. yeah, yeah. So there was, uh, so. I had a
1: similar kind of uh, hindrance that would have meant that this particular player would have been uh, a bit gonzo with it. It was just ruthless, right? So that obviously precisely means it's getting done no matter what. But morals for us and our group was kept in check because this particular person it would be like, you know, stupid stuff or something that we discussed um, very recently which is you know, a couple of times, like, we came across some in-game drugs and then we threw them away, disposed of them or we'll put them in the toilet. Whereas he would have been like, yeah, let's take some and then mm-hmm. just got, like, blasted and then, like, That was such it. a good
0: example because any time we found drugs in a campaign, it's where I was like, right, let's do a bunch of this before the fight. And then, but we were, we were police, so we were just, like, at very morally anti-drugs. So you're just, James's character just looked at him, what's up? And somebody's like, that's cocaine. And he's like, get that on my face and just <laughs> chucked it in the water. It's like a big bag of drugs. Um but yeah you had the ruthless thing but then there's a difference between being a ruthlessly moral person yeah, and a ruthless murderer because you like. took very little shit from people who were doing things that were illegal or immoral yeah, Right, I'm that was, was the way in which him being ruthless manifested it was also like if you're in my
1: way or the people I cared about's way then I talk down to you kind of stuff because you're getting in the way stuff, of what we're yeah exactly but yeah. We, we
0: treated most people in the campaign with respect yeah. and most situations with respect as well there was no selfishness and now I think it really changed it to being. It was also your campaign as well, Sean. But obviously, the the point is we just played out and out good guys for a change, and there was none of this like, oh, this guy's wacky, always getting us into stupid situations. Oh, you've you've got yourself
2: arrested again. Oh, well, it wasn't the typical down the court.
1: Yeah, yeah, it wasn't the typical uh, situation where it gets a bit too hairy, so a plays down. That, yeah, that never that never sort of manifested, which was quite nice because those situations, obviously in previous campaigns, they've been fun, they've been a laugh, um, but it does it creates more problems. As well.
0: Yeah, it's always it's always having to to cover up problems that a character has made, and like
2: an evil campaign, really. And
1: typically um, in just so many other campaigns people have changed alignment not because of the gameplay system but because of what has occurred
0: Yeah, like their characters have just done things for the sake of doing that So it's just like, well, realistically you've killed too many people your alignment's going to change And you're not going to believe this, right? But for once we were treating shopkeepers with respect and we even had one on our team for a bit because he liked us oh yeah. so that's where that's where you know being a good guy can get you do you know what i mean it's like uh it, that uh, but i think it really really helped and the connection with the characters and the story was just second to none so yeah it was good it was good and and so that player you know we're not sure if he's ever coming back probably not but uh yeah it's good the the trouble is though with the campaign being that, that uh, as good and as fulfilling and as perfect as it was we i and then i'm now running mutant girl classics yeah and that's worrying i appreciate the reaction but um so I, I have said like what one of the fundamental ways that i plan campaigns is a lot like how you did your one sean where it's like i tend to have these grand arcs big storylines things like this and with this one i want to go for a more player-led emergent story thing so the The idea is, is that um, in this M.C.C. campaign, is that their clan is the last clan on Earth. There are no other civilizations except this one, and the environment, obviously, in M.C.C. Mutant Girl Classics, for those that don't know, is very, it's a, it's like a, a greenhouse effect on the entire planet made by the results of nuclear war, and this mm-hmm. is like you know, twelve thousand years after that disaster, where only the most genetically uh, able things are still living on this planet. It just so happens that for humanity, which you know at this point in this campaign is mainly mutants, plant people and 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 animals right Th- that they are that 's a difficult struggle for them, and it's it 's hard to maintain their population so it 's one old uh, town that they live in and, and in m c c they worship these people called the ancient ones, which are like the race of people that came before do you know what I mean yeah. and so they live in an ancient one settlement made out of brick and with, with you know nice thatched roofs but the fact is they don't know how to maintain that all that knowledge was lost so they've got this big electric fence they've got a leader who is a robot called Viceroy the Lossless and they're the last humans on earth uh, or humanoids yeah, yeah. Um, and it's a, yeah it's a clan of, of, of mutants only in this particular case and They've, they, there's only about three to, two to three hundred people left in the world and this is the final settlement um, so I kind of wanted to have it where it's just like you guys are picking your objectives exploring, finding stuff maybe getting artefacts the ancient ones, maybe taking requests from the notice board and things like this but we essentially we created the characters last game um, and I have to say MCC is very very fun to create characters in I I enjoyed the fuck out of it. Yeah, it, it is. is it, especially because we and it's fast. It's very fast. But then we also did like because because all of the guys are playing mutant characters, right? Essentially, they roll on mutation tables, and usually uh-huh. I'd be like, right, you roll on this table, you roll on this table, and everyone would just be sort of honed in on their sheets. But we all did it kind of together, openly. Yeah, we well, think
1: turns, we went around the table, did some bits, discussed it openly with each other. And it, it, I think it's a really good idea to do that because you can you can build a character to how you like, but you've got the Power Gamers, which I definitely used to be, where you'd just be like, I'll take the best <laughs> one. Um, but when you're actually sitting there with your group and you get to sort of flesh it out with them, it also, in my opinion, creates uh, more of a connection to those characters for everyone.
0: Exactly. And also there was the whole thing of, like, I gave each person uh, three bennies to use during character creation. They could re-roll any role, right, three times. And it got to the point where, like, Sean was advising... and you like and and also vice versa on like oh I reckon you should re-roll that mutation you know shit like that you guys were discussing the characters as a group like to their benefits because Sean your character Unit um who is a large mutant tank type guy you rolled the mutation the physical mutation where you can change your size at will right yeah, perfect yeah. Uh, which is exactly it's really perfect because you you used it and we'll get into that but then james rolled the exact same mutation so sure it was like well one of you's probably going to re-roll right yeah so sean's uh, basically suggested that you do because just to go through the characters we've got Sean who's unit truck ton he's got um, he can change his size yeah he's just a mutant that's the class that he is he can change his size and he can blast people with telepathy we've got uh, Frankie who is a Moss Moss man, He's a Plantian. So he can generate pheromones. He can... He did get Carapace which gives him extra armour but it was actually just useless uh, because he rolled badly on his mutation check. But um, I forget what his other mutation is. He can do something cool and I forget what the fuck it is.
2: Regen. Regen. Oh right? yeah, that's it.
0: Which really it serves his character very well. So, uh, And as a Plantian he's got a natural thorn attack which he can use. Um, yeah, he can regenerate himself which is pretty perfect for a plant. And then James essentially, I'm a man, mostly man by accident he's a he's a mammal, but he essentially is a pokemon right yeah yeah, yeah by accident because i'm a so i'm a
1: nine tails raccoon called ranchid uh, nonagon and um he <laughs> he has the uh what is it the electric discharge Ele- electric like electric generation
0: and uh wings with the with the mutations that he got <laughs> so he's a flying electrically generating rodent which is so much like a pokemon it's unbelievable but you also rolled pretty much the best stats. And he wasn't cheating. He weren't even cheating, Sean, but he got two seventeens. Yeah. And he got twelve hit points, bigger than Sean, who's the tank almost, character. I got
1: almost a perfect amount of hit points. That I could. But
0: you know, it, it may be, it may end up, you know, with subsequent levels that you end up rolling really low. Oh but no, yeah, and but somebody... I'm used to that because of the amount of DCC you have played. Right, exactly. Where you, you you start with like four hit points. Yeah. <laughs> so it's.
1: I it, tell you what, it's very beneficial that I'm this. I'm the one with the highest HP, and I can fly.
0: Yeah, good point, because for drawing out attacks, it's very good. Yeah. Um, so there's a big thing in, in uh, MCC where where it's it, it, people know this. Um, it's like the funnel in DCC and MCC, right? And the thing is, is what it is, is you get a bunch of zero-level characters and you run through a dungeon. The ones that are left, those then become your characters. Yeah. We decided to skip it, as we've done with our actual plays. And the reason being is because, um, as Sean rightly pointed out, he wanted to make his character and you guys make a team together and also like just have a connection to that character do you know what I mean? Yeah well, this
1: is how the connection was um, enhanced definitely by skipping it and then talking about it together
0: yeah but I did include the Rite of Passage, which is the name for the funnel in MCC, in the game, whereby it was like you guys were picked to become warders, which are like the people that go out of the village and, yeah. and do missions.
1: And if we died during our first battle, then well, we'd then you, have to create a new character. Then, yeah. And that would have been... <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. So the mission was that uh, people have spotted this uh, dinosaur out and about, and you guys had to go and kill it. Now, the description for which uh, was really vague. Some people were saying that it had big, uh, one big eye. Some people said it had two eyes. Some people said it had three horns or one horn that could shoot bullets. Um, and so the guys get there. And they're, they're essentially, this was just how we did the first episode. Just a fight for you guys to prove to your tribe that you're worthy of becoming warders. That's what it was. Well,
1: it was pretty awesome the way that he did the fight because we started off in a church being read a sermon by our ai robot king mayor man um and then as we were randomly chosen in a hilarious way to be the new is it wardens or warders 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 um uh went for a break and harrison like put down a fat bunch ton of uh, terrain that he'd been making
0: yeah so we did a first fight in sort of a city area well ruined the city i mean it could be hardly called a city but So the guys, um, they see these three mantis men sort of menacing this dinosaur that they've gone to get, and uh, they think that's the fight, but then they awake this mecha robot with four legs that, by a lot of stretches of the imagination, could also fit the description of uh, the thing they've been gone to kill. Yeah. So they didn't know which to get, so they then started fighting both of them. And it's really fucking good. And, you know, the trouble is, I I felt like Unit ton really you i think everyone played to their strengths right Mm. so sean at one point your character what did you do you did something with one of the mantis men
2: um I, i threw i threw him into into the the beast
0: yeah onto the horns of this triceratops that they were fighting then you jumped on the back of it and using your strength to overpower it rode it into the mech pinning it against the wall which was fucking awesome at the same time james's characters flying about uh, and doing electrical discharge. Um, first of all, I mean you you were using it for damage, but second of all, a Plantian character he went down, right? Oh yeah, he went down, and, I, and then the I first, very first attack the mech did, he wears up his minigun. I go right, he's I roll randomly for the direction, and it hits the Plantian character Frankie, uh, who's just a bunch of mold, and it, him immediately immediately he has six hit points. I rolled a six. I did it out in the open, yeah, uh, and he just it just goes the guy's fucking dead so James's character flies in does electrical discharge on him to uh, resuscitate him using
1: like a defib
0: yeah like a defib thing
1: well, I got him up to one hit point during that that was pretty awesome
0: yeah and uh, uh, yeah, and then meanwhile Sean's riding on the thing you, you were trying to ride on it as well to get it to bite the mech um whole fight ended with... Somebody turned it into goo. Was it you, James? It was
1: me. I did uh, such a massive electrical generation on it because I focused it in on its mouth that it basically exploded. So My over- role was so...
0: It was incredible ridiculous but for those that don't know in mcc and dcc like no in dcc your spells all you're always rolling on a table right yes. so like a one means you've lost a spell forever uh, A two and up it means that the yes. spell fails and you can't use it for the rest of the day and then they get more and more powerful as it goes on yeah, in this your mutations usually... they work that way so yeah 11 or 12 is usually a success and then yeah then there's different tier levels as it gets higher so for example when sean first rolled his size change you went you had the lowest result but that still meant the lowest successful result I should say yeah but that still meant that you were you grew up to like nine feet yeah, add, massive. add an extra four strength which is why he was like tossing people around like nobody's business um, and yeah James in this case like you spent a bunch of luck and we'll, well get, get to luck up like
1: getting a score of like 25 or something like that or 23 yes so it was yeah. quite it was very
0: high and um yeah ended up doing 6 d6 damage or something like this yeah. to uh and I think it was that you got to do 3 arcs of 2 d6 yeah and you could do it on any target you wanted and of course you just overloaded the mech yeah blew it to smithereens uh I, or was it? The tri... No, no, I did it on the tri... Well, yeah, it was a triceratops. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was. It was. It was really good. And um, anyway, they destroyed the 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 mech uh, more or less. I think I think it was probably you, Sean, that did it. But um, they destroyed the mech, and then this guy comes out. He's a fully automated robot man, uh, humanoid in appearance. Right. And so far, they'd only seen one robot and know of another in their village. And the robot leader that they have, Viceroy, he's like. Um, it's like a box with one wheel and like two little spindly arms, right? So they get evidence that they've killed both of these things and bring it back to the village and the chief, he seems really fucking surprised that they've seen a humanoid-based robot out there who was talking a bunch of gibberish as well, like he was going, where's Jody? And things like this,
2: and then... Um, seemed to like want to try like find Spider-Man. I mean, yeah,
0: he kept on going, fuck you, Spider-Man. <laughs> uh, yeah, so here's the thing Like um, uh, another small detail was that they'd seen a poster uh, when they went to this you know, town of the Ancient Ones to fight this triceratops and the poster was for an old movie called The Phobo Cop and the weird thing is is that this bloke who got out of the mech looked exactly like that uh, Green Goblin no he looked like The Phobo Cop but essentially yeah, <laughs> yeah. Green Goblin um, anyway yeah. so now they, they, they passed the Rite of Passage uh, one character narrowly slipping by and uh, our warders for the village and you guys were picking missions. Uh, there's, I'm using the notice, even though I think it's kind of funny for it to be a notice board in a futuristic post apocalyptic setting with paper is precious. I did it anyway. Um, so there's the church is up there. They've got one where there's these two kids that have snuck out of the village and found a place with loads of toys in it, and they want people to go and fetch them. So that's what we're doing next game. They said they wanted a Sailor Moon one. Yeah. And um, so there's, um, there's a bunch of them, and it was
1: cool that we sort of grabbed them. It was nice to have them at the table, and we could actually physically put them in order
0: Sean you were really dead set on because there's I wanted, to, I wanted to put one up because Dungeon Craft does this in one of his videos where he puts one up just saying I'm for hire uh, uh, it's just a bloke advertising himself as being for hire so you know you can hire zero level PCs to help you but his name I've, I basically came up with very weird names for this setting and one of them was Hunt yeah. Sure. Sean was really adamant like not really looking at the missions you get to go like do we want this do-? like what we saying on the hunt situation like do we want do we want this guy on the team it
2: was funny when we were like doing the missions in order like we were saying like this mission this mission hunt yeah
0: like you get, you are getting a plan together and then Sean kept saying hunt like at certain points like he really wanted him and everyone was just like no nah, no forget about him like, like we don't need him anyway so this is what we're going to do and Sean's like, like is, there, is there any movement on the hunt situation
2: no I think we are going to hire hunt but we're just going sure. Well,
0: yeah. you could go and do it by yourself if you wanted we'll, to man we'll don't listen to this don't yeah. listen to them we're yeah. gonna make some skrilla
1: first because there's an easy one where it'll be a forever game mechanic where we can convert treasures into credits
0: in the case of like an uh uh fantasy game the treasures are made you're mainly gonna you're talking you know gold jewels that type of thing in the case of this campaign it's like bottle paper caps. but huh bottle caps you can have bottle caps any metal really. Um, Circuitry, paper, um, artifacts of the ancient ones. Even if they're like a T-shirt, that could be an artifact, right?
2: I reckon we need some weapons and armor. I I reckon like eunuch Chucton could use the uh, chuckton Sorry, I could use a giant axe. And...
0: Well, because um, at the beginning of MCC, you don't spend money because it's the whole game is basically a bartering system, right? You don't just start off with wealth. So you roll randomly for a couple of bits of gear. And to be fair, I think it's my mistake. I should have said like do you want to prepare for the mission but we just sort of went ahead with it and that's probably my fault but sean um so we all started off mostly with natural armor the only one that had any bonus to ac was uh was frankie the Plantian because he had a shield mm. but his uh agility was already minus one so all it did was just negate it to a zero so he was just on 10 <laughs> which was, is
2: really bad it was a, i thought it was quite a, like a good tutorial because it showed us every element of the game really because uh, even one of our characters uh, Tabascus, is one fainted
0: yeah and then we got to uh, demonstrate what happens when somebody dies people use mutations we were using the fleeting luck rule from Lankmar, which narratively makes more sense in that game but it's just a good rule um and essentially what it is for doing a daring act something cool or something funny whatever i'll hand out a luck point point. and in dcc you have a luck stat that you can burn but now you've got these extra luck called fleeting luck and if somebody gets a crit everyone gets one too yeah. the trouble is, is if somebody gets a fumble which is what they call crit fails all of the fleeting luck on the table disappears it goes back into the back. oh that happened twice to it happened it. twice and it was the same fucking guy that got the fumble it really makes you hate a man when you're sitting there with, uh, Sean had like a pile of eight and you had yeah. th- the same I yeah. think and then suddenly like so that's a, you can use them to add a plus to any roll these guys are sitting on a plus eight they can break out at any point they want suddenly some idiot is just trying to like walk across the map or something he
2: scores a one I liked how you said like oh yeah you fucked, every, uh, you fucked everyone over or something
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> well it's a good mechanic to
1: use because you can uh, if you're almost at a, uh, a certain DC check you can just be like oh, well if you spend three luck points then You'll be able to succeed in the task that you were trying to accomplish. And be like, yes, we.
0: Yeah, well, technically, I think you're only supposed to spend them before the roll, right? But I just don't think... I've noticed whenever that is the case... I know there's some mechanical reason why you shouldn't do that. But whenever that's the case, people just don't spend them. Unless... They can do it after, because if you if you pour, let's say for example in in DCC another mechanic is spell burn, right? Yep. Where you can burn physical stats to make a spell better, like you cut a finger off, or uh, I don't know, eat some. Good... Stop touching the microphone. That's my son. Um, <laughs> or you cut a finger off, or you know, eat some glass or whatever. But the thing is, imagine if you if you had like, let's say just for example, just for sake of ease. Yeah. Yeah, Jesse, good point. Um, let's say for example you 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 have eighteen strength and you sacrifice eight of it to only then get a crit fail. Yeah. People, they don't want to take that risk, so.
1: I think it's, I personally think it's a much better idea to allow players to spend it knowing that the outcome will change as a result. Yeah,
3: exactly. Because it means
1: it's like, oh, I've got this one roll, this one opportunity, I'm going to spend the entire pack of eight that I've got, and then the next roll I'm going to do, that means that I'm not going to be as successful. And that's fine.
0: Yes, um, with fleeting luck, we love it. MCC, it's been fun. We didn't get that much chance to do roleplay, but I wanted to start the guys off with a sort of demonstration of the mechanics and the world and things like this, and I think it was very good. But next, starting next game, yeah, the whole thing's going to be completely player-led. You guys are making up your own goals. Really looking Doing whatever you want. So, yeah, it's going to be
2: fucking awesome. Yeah, I love, and, I love the sort of survivally aspect of it. Yeah. It's a lot But of fun,
1: that's one then. thing that we uh, really like, because, Sean, for a long time, you're... Um, sort of perfect game as it was was um, fallout. S- uh, Savage Fallout, yeah, because of the post-apocalyptic, and that was like your flavour, like consistently.
0: But this one is kind of more Gonzo, and we yeah. we at the beginning, everyone chose their clan. So there's a bunch of clans in the book, and we These went sorts... for
1: one of the more Gonzo ones. On yeah, purpose.
0: because uh, but then it's it's a lot more fun. Like you can play humans, and humans are really good. There's no two ways about it. But we're humanoids. Yeah, you're humanoids. And part one of the best parts about um Mutant cool Classics is the um is the mutations because some of them are just insane yeah and so we've but got we a cast of characters it. that's pretty fucking cool i feel and mm. their the abilities and also bear in mind you've got the you've got the ability to get new mutations or lose mutations or get defects right throughout the campaign so your characters as much as their abilities are cool now think about what they what they are when you drink more radioactive slizz or whatever
2: well like, the thing is oh, yeah, this, like, we, we love yeah. the slizz as well don't we that's, yeah. yeah. That's, so
0: they they picked up uh, uh, the children of the glow. That's the one. And their clan, they they worship mutations. If you see a chance to radiate yourself in some way, then we we'll take you it. You kind of have to do it yeah. from a moral standpoint. So. It, it, but
1: I, I feel like we, because of our previous campaign and how we played it, I feel like we're not going to do it for the sake of being, a, oh, yeah, I'm going to get a, a, a fin instead of an arm. We're not like up for that. We're, we're trying to sort of... if we get choices. An, yeah, we're, yeah. We're trying to, if yeah. we do get one that's suboptimal, then it will just feed into our character design instead of it being like a goofy little trope.
0: But yeah and well because it's well we i said you know the rule is c- characters in this game are going to be silly right that's just the nature of playing mutants with yeah, random mutations completely but the thing is what you've got to do really is um your, your characters in the game i said the rule is they take it 100 percent seriously yeah. right it's because it's not weird for example for a flying raccoon man to be uh, part of a party in this in this game that's not unusual <laughs> right not at all. so it's like um, at the end of the day you you've got to take it seriously and um, it's it's funny as shit, but yeah there are children that glow like there's a whole sort of ceremony around this shit and you guys get like remutating and I think that's going to be a lot of fun, especially because Sean, you 've really consciously made a um, tank character. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But he could end up being a mage, then reverting all the way back to a tank, do, well, you know, got, depending on what happens to him.
2: He's got high intelligence, so I'm gonna have like I'm I'm gonna have a couple of magic spells, but I'm I am gonna make him very I'm gonna Making very tanky as well, though.
0: Like- yeah, I mean, it's that, that. But that's the beauty of it. Like I said, if you, even if you, all three of you picked the mutant class, or the manual class, or the planting they're going to end up differently. Now, the big, the big thing is, is and we, and that's another thing we even saw this as a role in the game is AI recognition. So a lot of old technology of the ancient ones has AIs, like even down to things like even down to things like uh, toasters, things like this, they have AIs and to interface with that AI and really make the most of it, it has to recognise you as human yeah. now mutants can still be recognised as humans, uh, albeit with a minus as can animals, right? Uh, um, but plantains definitely not, they just can't yeah. not only that, but um, all human classes uh, in MCC get a bonus to using artefacts of the Ancient Ones, something you guys don't have but by picking Children of the Glow as your clan you've all got plus five to mutation checks so every time you're using active mutations like they're getting bigger uh the electrical generation you guys are getting bonuses to that which is well, i think I, I think that was a big part of how you managed to fuck the triceratops it quite definitely as much as was did.
1: because it fed into our abilities to destroy it so much
0: the downstairs are drilling uh right anyway um th- that's mcc i've gone on about it for way too long uh, another thing that um happened was christmas right sean
2: um, remember that yeah I remember that good,
0: good times good times good times uh, a lot of drinks a lot of drinks but my uh, mum she, she said she listened to the podcast and heard me talking about the Temple of Elemental Evil box set for D&D 5e by Goodman Games conversion machine so uh, she said, yeah she got me the box set look at this oh fucking my God. thing. It's, it's really cool. So it's a deluxe two-volume set converted by Chris Royal and uh, Tim Wadzinski. Anyway, I was just reading the front. But essentially, it's got the modules. There's an old module called the Village of Homlet, which is the village that's near, near the Temple of Elemental Evil, I guess. And it's got the original modules in every printing. That's awesome. It's got... We'll probably take a break in a minute after this uh, segment. But it's got those... Jesse, Jesse, we're doing a podcast, mate. Do you want to... You, you, you can join in, but only when you can say actual words. Good boy. So um, it's got it's got all the original printings, then it's got the new conversion, but it's also got like the whole history of it, essays by people that originally wrote the thing. And that's why it's... Because uh, it's such an iconic adventure, that's why they did it in the two-box set, because it's got all of that extra information in it. If you're like if you like reading about the history of RPGs it's like such a, a good thing and like the artwork is amazing it's just cool seeing like these old things with new artwork and updated descriptions because really the original's just like there's a room, it's six by six feet there's nine beholders in there and they're angry and like yeah. whereas this adds a bit more context Flavor and things stuff. like this yeah. so I love these box sets and I really hope they keep making them uh, but they probably won't now they have to give the, uh, all their profits to bloody Gary Gygax <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing. Um, I, so uh, the, the only thing that kind of icks me out is that they're, they're numbered, right? So I've got Tows, No into the Borderlands, which is number one. I've yeah. got Isle of Dread, which is number two. And then I've got Temple of Elemental Evil, which is number six. Oh, no. That's not a problem. Like, I'm not, being, I'm not looking at Gift Horse in the mouth. I love this thing. But the ones in between didn't appeal to me that much. And I'm like, am I really going to spend the money... Just to because get the numbers. numbers. And honestly, part of me sort of wants to. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know I shouldn't, but yeah. All right. Well, uh, yeah, that is it for what we've been saying. Has anyone else done anything gaming related since the last episode? No RPG gaming. No, me neither. No. We did play Jackbox Party Pack. Um, and uh, the Stories. Do you want to say one of the t shirts that came out of the Jackbox no. Party Pack? <laughs> uh, they're always. James Jack- drew a very well known hint. <laughs> so were you doing an rpg no he was asleep at the time he was james drew a very well-known hindu symbol let's put it that way <laughs>
2: him don't um yeah um uh, the only thing really game related i did right because we had this discussion on this podcast and we were saying that, like in the dnd rpg it's a bit annoying because like the druid turns into an outbear when they can't really
0: Are you talking about the f- you you said RPG when you meant film.
2: Oh the film, yeah. Yes, go on. Yeah. In the film he turns into an owl bear. She. Is is a she, I yes.
0: suppose. Yeah, the Druid's it, a woman. It's, it's the sexy se- one from It.
2: And they're all sexy it's been a... in it yeah unfortunately they are because they're children i mean ha- <laughs> that's the joke hardened adventurers and all that but yeah i was hardened when i was watching that trailer mate yeah nice um no it, but she got, has been no, a long shut time up, shut up right since i know what i'm talking about is the
0: ginger woman from it who is now an adult woman yeah, yeah. carry on
2: yeah um so, that's all getting cut um so yeah so she turns into an owlbear and uh, so so um, so I said yeah like uh, based on that probably going to be a shit movie just sort of like bit jokingly and then someone said uh, excuse me what about polymorph Um, but polymorph doesn't mean that means you can turn into like a dog or some shite innit yes Um, it's it's a
1: different humanoid type creature and also
0: correct me if I'm wrong which I probably am is polymorph a druid spell or is it a Harry Potter potion Wait. That's polyjuice Yeah I know Polyjuice is a different thing Which we're going to get into On the main subject no, actually I was, I,
2: was sh- I was sure that Polymorph isn't a druid spell It know. might be though It might be it It's hard like
0: it. to know Because D&D's got too many spells But uh, No I mean It might be a good film but is that all you had to say you just said you just wanted to say no that's well, you were trying to you were trying no, to dunk on somebody I was
2: having the discussion about the movie right who are you there. dunking on I'm not dunking on Kevin like, you got dunked well the movie really but like, Gerald you just you got dunked. that's the only RPG thing I've done is you got dunked talk about the D&D movie
0: okay right yeah triangle oh. Jesse we Sorry. did play Project Zomboid as well but that's not really role playing it was funny though James because there was um, Project board. there's a lot of things you can do and one of the things is that there's an option that just says sit on ground <laughs> if your character's fatigued and Sean was legging it from a horde of zombies and I just kept on saying sit on ground <laughs> um, right, well, we better go for a break. I had to get my son up from his bedtime nap because downstairs they're drilling and it terrifies him. So as you can probably hear, that's him in the background now. He's a cute We'll probably wait until such a point where he's not making such a racket. He's just talking to Sean. They're just passing each other a triangular Rubik's cube, which I got for Christmas. Bye, everyone. Uh, we'll see you in the main <laughs> subject. Subject: ma- ma- Magic. main Subject. Tokyo. Main. Subject. Hitler. Ye's new favourite bloke. A man who the mentally deranged rapper says was responsible for making the Blue Yeti microphones we now use. But actually, Hitler wasn't just a benevolent audiophile, no. In fact, Hitler wasn't a good guy at all, except to his dog, maybe. And I'm going to shock you here, lads. You know the Nazis? Yeah. Hitler done that. Shit. And considering there's been RPGs so sexist and violent as Fatal, so noncy as Black Tokyo, and so cucky as Crystal Heart, (laughs) well, it's only a matter of time before we got an RPG directly inspired by the actions of Adolf H. Hitler. Yes, we're talking about Racial Holy War today, a game by Reverend Kenneth Molyneux, who was a member of the white supremacist cult The Church of the Creator. Before we get into the game, however, I wanted to talk about the cult specifically, so that we know what level of bigot we're dealing with here, right? Are we basically dealing with the diet Nazi, like, say, Trump? Or is it full fat Nazi, like the golden one, or or Vogue, right? So, the Church of the Creator, now called Shit My Notes. Now called Shit My Notes? (laughs) That's right, yeah. Um, Oh my God, what's going on? Did
1: it scroll um,
0: Yeah, it keeps doing it.
1: Oh, you've got a screen glitch, bruh
0: yeah so the church of the creator now called the creativity movement was founded in 1973 by former state legislator ben classen and the main tenets and doctrines of which are outlined in classen's various books available now for just ten dollars such as nature's eternal religion and the white man's bible the religion itself is pantheistic and anti-christian and classen hates christianity because It has Jewish roots, like Jesus being Jewish for example, which is a problem for racists and UK rapper Wiley OBE. (laughs) <laughs> now, one of the things Ben Klassen would preach about is a racial holy war against Jews and what he called mud races. Fuck yeah. I know, nice guy, nice guy. He also prattled on about the extinction of the white race, which, I've said this before, ladies and gentlemen, does not exist, but I digress. You see, Ben reckoned that because of rapid population growth in the third world and what he called forced integration, the pure white race had its days numbered. Now, the American government, from legal standpoint, classifies the creativity movement cult as a neo-nazi group which ben klassen denies but he did specifically try to recruit famous out and proud neo-nazis to the cult so you know it's not a good look it's not a good look now importantly right publicly ben never says that he is directly inspired by hitler or the og nazis or bobby evans but until the design, until they-, they designed their own flag lads they did simply use the nazi swastika on a nice classic red background which i do think might be an indicator that they are nazis Right? Yeah. I think if you're if you're saying you're not a Nazi and then you're using that flag as a placeholder you know.
2: Do you know what they should have done, really? is just put, out of, in brackets, underneath the swastika... Not ...subject the Nazi. to change. <laughs>
0: so, uh, yeah, lorem ipsum. Um, well, to be fair to them, though, Sean, uh, yeah, it was subject to change, and they later changed it into another flag, which is basically almost the same as the OG Nazi one, because they were called... Um, I, I don't know actually why it was, but instead of having a swastika, it was the component parts of a swastika making up a W with a crown on it. I guess that's like crowning the white man or something. Fuck knows. But, like, they basically stuck with it anyway, right? If you see a red flag with a circle and and an image in a white circle in the middle, right? Yeah. You're going to have some thoughts about it, aren't you? Yeah.
1: I mean, that that kind of, yeah. uh,
0: Maybe we should do that with the 3T logo, just put... Just put it, just three T in a white circle. Like, no, it's not racist. We're taking it back. We're taking back the red flag with the symbol in the middle. Um, but yeah, perhaps the most damning piece of evidence against these people actually being Nazis. It's the Manifesto of Creativity movement, right? It's uh, an 18-page booklet entitled "Rahowa." This Planet Is Ours, short for racial holy war this planet as ours now having read the whole thing right i've basically summarized it just now but interestingly the nazis are mentioned quite often so he's a bit thick old ben classen but uh mostly it's to mention that hitler right this and this is not me saying this this is ben classen's word had some good points but his techniques and beliefs needed a bit of refinement for example in the manifesto ben talks about the aryan race thing you know hitler he said that you know blonde haired blue eyed people are are you know the future uh, but, uh, Ben Klassen points out that Hitler Goebbels, Rudolf Hess, and Guy Macdonald all had dark hair, right? So the main Nazi, you know, people, they, they were not blonde hair, blue eyed. Uh, that's Except true for, yeah um, which aside from being a very clever observation Classen has uh, refined this part saying that, that all whites are cool right not just those who fit the Aryan stereotype all whites are cool <laughs> all whites are cool and uh, especially if you're blonde but you know if you've got black hair come along
2: I'm Jewish people
0: yeah i mean that is that's one of the things that i i, I may actually have written this in later on but i always, I always I'm, I'm like so you're cool with all white people unless uh, but not those ones right if, if if you're jewish that's bad white right that's, that's don't nobody funny. clip that mud that, white. that is me that's me talking as ben classen yeah you're a mud white <laughs> you're you're uh sand Sand yeah. He also mentions that Nazis uh, are a lot to talk about his perception that the world has gone to shit since the fall of the Nazi Party because our now, uh, of our now, quote-unquote, Jewish-occupied governments. So basically, right, this guy's saying, look, we're not a Nazi because the Nazi Party ended years ago. However, we do believe and practice everything they did. It's just we got a different name. So it, so fair enough. Fair enough, mate. Subject to change. <laughs> So in a sense, right, his beliefs uh, of the uh, the Church of Creativity or the creativity movement are a new, more modern version of OG Nazi beliefs, me, me, beliefs, meaning that you could say that it's an What was that noise, Sean? Sorry,
2: I... That's yeah. a... Just- tickly throat. Got a, t- got a tickly throat. <clears> throat. There we go. Sorry. Yeah, it's,
0: it's essentially... It, you can't call them Nazis because the Nazi party doesn't exist, but it is is basically a new Nazi cult. Another word for new... Is Neo, right? Mm-hmm. So they are a neo Nazi cult. That's just a fact, right? So, yeah, on the hatometer, these guys are pretty high up. Um, so, I imagine my absolute joy when, in 1987, one year before I was even born, alongside Ben Klass's Nice Guy Manifesto, an RPG based on the teachings of the creativity movement was made by cult member Reverend Kenneth Molyneux. I was delighted, despite only existing as an idea at the time and also having no concept of time, existence, or role playing games. But that's basically it, so that cult and Kenneth Rev, Reverend Ken, he made a RPG called Racial Holy War The Game. Now first up guys, uh, James if you want to do a quick google so you guys can see this, the cover, just look up Racial Holy War RPG, the cover pictures a menacing looking skinhead on the cover, which is appropriate I guess, but it's literally the poster from the 1977 film The Hills Have Eyes, literally completely stolen with uh, Reverend Ken's title replacing the original text yep yep, which is really cool, man, like uh look, they've got a lot on their plate, right? they've got a lot on their plate they're trying to uh, they're trying to erase all races except the white ones, but some white ones as well, and also uh, the, you know they're trying to make an RPG, so they've not got time to make cover right. that's fine they you know it.
1: he's bald, right that that dude that
2: I mean, he was black.
0: Go on, that dude definitely has dark eyes. He's got dark eyes Um, he, he, You know He may be Jewish We don't know Fucking drilling man
1: oh, This is Everything, doing my fucking it, nutting Every time as well Just get Jesse down
0: Great i so the game is set in what the book calls sometime in the near future, and the world is in danger of complete collapse. And the baddies of the game you've guessed it are non-white races and Jewish masterminds. These races have devastated the world via non-white population growth, and all the lands of the world have been overrun by what Molyneux calls despicable hordes while the, quote, noble white man has been reduced to a tiny minority. However, there is hope, right? Because with a small force of white warriors is rising up to, quote, carry the banner of the white race from the grandiose white empire, lest all will be consumed in cold, dark blackness and dunus. These white warriors are the characters you play in Holy War, and the, uh, the, the GM is called the War Master. Uh, now this is a pretty shameful premise for a game, right? I mean, even the most right-wing "Make America Great Again," I'm not racist, but types would uh, cringe it, But it might be a really good system, lads. No, it, no, no, but no wait, worries. no, but it might be. No, it might be a, just a, a, a might be a game design genius. There's
2: nothing that's going to be good about this. We, uh, well, we, you know, don't spoil it. You know, it might, we don't know. You know, it might be a good system. We could mould it into something maybe non-racist, innit?
0: Like there are some terrible people out there that have made good things. Jim will fix it was a very entertaining
2: programme. <laughs> oh god.
0: Michael Jackson, he's a genius. He's let him have a couple pop. of let him he's the king of pop, right? So let him have a couple. Kids. Uh, so let's talk character. <laughs> so let's talk characters right the character stats are all fairly basic standard shit with added ones like hero heroism respect and power there's also a stat called honor right and each character starts with 10 honor and you can gain more by doing honorable shit up to a max of 50 and if you reach zero honor the character simply dies a dishonorable death now, it
2: turns jewish <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, now. you have dishonored us
1: sean did you write this no. is your name ben
0: <laughs> that's him i uh, know ben classen's the leader of the cult this is by a Kev- uh, reverend kenneth reverend oh. kenneth something um, but yeah, what what die, dying an honourable death actually means, I don't know if that means yeah you die a racial death and suddenly turn Jewish for some reason and you're just like, hey, uh, talking about my wife or something like that. But what it actually means is anyone's guess, right? I I like to think you just die on the spot out of shame, right? You just go ah the shame of it all and then just fall dead. <laughs> That'd be good. But what it really means is likely that you're taken out by the other cult members and shot in the head for ha- perhaps like helping an old black lady yeah, cross the in street
1: the or. Gets planted in your hand.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, he just went mental suddenly and shot himself <laughs> after he ate Mexican food, which we hate. <laughs> it's, quite, it's quite weird how hypersensitive these neo Nazis are and everything.
0: I, I've always thought you know it's kind of funny because you can be anti this and anti that, right? Even if you're the biggest racist on the planet, like you probably got an iPhone. Who's made that? Chinese kids under very dubious conditions actually that's probably why they like them (laughs) (laughs) but like yeah eating Mexican food using Chinese electronics all these things right they can they can uh, take your shame rating down basically honour rating down shame up so you spend 100 points in all of the stats, but before getting onto the actually finishing your character, the book goes into how you use those stats. And I was just going to save this for later, but it's so funny that I just couldn't. So when you want to use an attribute you get some to get something done, right? You just subtract a difficulty rate given by the War Master, or for opposed shit, the stat of the PC NPC who opposes you. From your own stat, you subtract it, right? So you just subtract the difficulty number, and the number, if the number left is 0, you fail. If it's 20 or above, you auto-succeed, right? Which is kind of dumb stupid mechanic that doesn't require much rolling but if it's anywhere between those numbers like a, an auto success you roll a d20 uh, and try to get under the number to succeed anyway like in most RPGs it gives you an example um you know of like uh with players names for context right so usually you'll see in a book like for example Tina she wants to leap over the chasm she rolls athletics and racial holy war says this example the player Hitler has a charisma score of 30, while his target, a white racial comrade, has a charisma of 15. The difference is 15, so Hitler must roll a 15 or lower in order to charm the white racial comrade. Hitler rolls a 10 and is therefore successful. And I mean, first off, right, it gets confused as to what the player or the character is. Is Hitler actually sitting at your table, which is a funny image anyway, right? But second of all, could you have picked a more overtly Nazi-sympathetic name? Like, you just can't. But why did they choose Hitler? <laughs> That's
2: the name of the fire. They wanted to be inclusional of Austrian people, innit?
0: He rolls he rolls a D twenty and it's like, What did you get Hitler? And he's like, NEIN, NINE, NEIN, nein! <laughs> Um But yeah, I mean that is that is fucking it's so it's so bad. But yeah. Um Anyway, next, right, you're going to be pick a class, followed by some skills, and each class will basically just add some skill bonuses and stat bonuses, and they're less interesting than you might imagine, like magic, ma- magic soldier, scholar, that type of thing. And the skills are pretty funny, too, because this is a game about a big war, right? Yeah. You're a white supremacist, you just there's a Mexican restaurant open down the street, you're bloody angry about it. Big war going uh, on. Big, and you're waging war on them, right? War. We're talking killing, mass killing, troops descending on tribal villages. Um, but if you've ever watched a documentary about these types of idiots, right, you'll know that making Larry t-shirts inside is really a really big deal amongst them and I think that's why the first skill is clothes making and the game suggests using it to design a swastika t-shirt or a creativity movement t-shirt well, what, what the game suggests sir. yeah that's what they're like so so one of the skills is uh, clothes making uh, for example making a swastika t-shirt now let's say they uh at, right so i understand sadly why bigots in real life do it right because usually when you watch these documentaries it's just these racist cults standing on a street corner with a sign wearing a t-shirt intended to annoy people right into coming over and having an argument with them but let's say right that the these people are actually correct and hypothetically there's a big holy war coming and their master race is under attack suddenly your town is besieged by violent you know mixed race people and your life is in danger because people are opening restaurants what are you going to be reaching for first? You going for the weapon? The T-shirt. The T-shirt printing press, of course, right. And not only that, right, from a tactical perspective, wouldn't it be really, really stupid to wear a big bright red T-shirt with a swastika in the middle? That's essentially a target, yeah, right? I mean, if, you, if, you're, if you're making clothes, you, you're, especially the type of ones these cunts like to wear, right, you're at a tactical disadvantage. So this is it's no wonder these people are losing
2: on a daily, daily basis, basically. But do you think these... The guys are the type of guys that like to sneak and get into cover I don't think so.
0: I don't think so either so you know if if these cunts were actually going to act on their plans we'd know where to find them right because we'd find them with their trousers literally down and uh, be able to beat them easily because instead of talking strategy they're talking fashion and yeah they're not, yeah, they're probably not sneaky they're going to be strutting up to you just just like hey, what did you say free speech motherfucker and then he's just trying to put his t-shirt on just wait there a minute I'm going to shoot you in a minute just wait there a minute! I need to look my best. Get my load hazen to... out. <laughs> Loderhazen. Ladder hazen. Laderhosen. Laderhosen. Damn it! Uh, Lederhosen also not a great tactical thing. No. Good for dancing though, so I assume it's quite flexible. Yeah. Anyway, other skills are kind of standard shit, right? But one of one's called holy books of creativity, right? And it's the character's uh, knowledge specifically of ben classen's books right so like uh you know the white person's manifesto right which somehow by reading them allows you to heal yourself right (laughs) so which is another point uh, to the supposed multicultural enemy because Quote, un- because the quote unquote enemy would be coming in with you know, doctors, nurses, paramedics and so on meanwhile the white supremacist warriors are reading scriptures from a bloke so stupid he thinks bright and colourful clothes is a tactical advantage, so what a creativity movement are bleeding out into their Nazi t-shirts reading the white man's bible, the other team is just receiving proper medical care so again, another big tactical disadvantage you can't read a book and it'll heal you that's just a fact, unless that book is made of bandages and you've tied it to your leg
2: Which has been shot suppose it heals the mind and the soul
0: it does uh but the body is (laughs) fucked it's fucked beyond belief right um
1: just there looking like a cheese grater but somehow still (laughs) moving on
0: such a good like coughing up blood i love this passage so much of this 18 page book (laughs) oh he's dead no i'm not no No, i'm not i got one more got one more passage in me (laughs) get me a (laughs) t-shirt Actually, that would come in handy. The T-shirt would be good yeah. to tear up and yeah. you know use to. It'll be red. You can't tell where you're bleeding. That's a good point. Yeah, another <laughs> another disadvantage. Oh, okay. Now, the most important skill, of course, is video games. Uh, moving on. See. Now, can I can only imagine what uh, Reverend Ken Molyneux, the writer of this book, spent a lot of time down the arcades right he probably spent loads of time down the arcades and he's included video games as a skill and he's tried to justify it by his, to his peers a cult, by saying instead of helping him prepare for the racial holy
2: war he's like no this is good for reactions man when when they're coming for us I've been playing Pac-Man he's probably one of those people that uh, made racist games and made them available to download online
0: <laughs> yeah i mean we um uh, it's weird because yeah they they, they they do exist sadly and actually there's a fantastic series of games that almost nobody knows about uh people know about river city ransom right Yeah. but that was actually a series of games it wasn't a single nes game it's a series of games and it's two protagonists called ricky and cuneo right and they're known as the ricky cuneo series great fucking fantastic series of games yeah but we discovered it actually by a racist ROM hack didn't we yes okay. so they, they, somebody had hacked it to be about skinheads beating up black people and it was called it said River City Ransom it was called Skinhead City Cancer uh,
2: and oh it was, <laughs> fucking hell I know
0: it, um, but we were like it's actually a really fun game um, but the and then we discovered it was a ROM hack and then went and actually played the real games but yeah
2: weird uh, and the beginning uh, of the the game, where you have the text that tells the story, was basically the same as racial holy war.
0: Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Oh man! But we did also play such fantastic rom hacks as Mario Tokes Sadubi. So there you go. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, if you if you take the video game skill, it's going to give you a bonus to dexterity, which I don't reckon is true, because I play a lot of video games, and I've been in so many car accidents, it's amazing I'm alive. So, um, But yeah, so it's got to be said, right? At least one thing we can expect from a game like this is a really good firearm section, right? Because there's one thing that right-wing people love is... Is guns, guns because guns and weapons yeah because they're very they're very um insecure usually right and they'll deal with it i mean we know a guy who's not a racist at all but a, a guy who's a trump supporter who when we first met him he was telling us that he cut down a tree with a shotgun by shooting it down so you know that's the t- so like right-wing people they love guns right so we could expect a decent firearm section and uh you know Right-wing people, they never shut up about guns. Just like uh, me with mannerism or Sean with 9-11. But here's the kicker, right? There's there's three generic weapons. Handgun, assault rifle and shotgun. Not including hand-to-hand, because Ken Molyneux's fat, racist hands can't be considered a weapon in much the same way that I can't be, be considered to be intelligent or handsome. But additionally the weapons don't have any stats so you can scarcely use them anyway so not only is the firearms part lacking in amount of guns it's also lacking in usable guns and this was apparently corrected in a later version of the game but the only addition I could pirate I mean pay for uh, didn't include stats what this means though is that Molyneux made a game where it's impossible to hit something or to hurt something without house ruling the game, which has to be a new low for RPGs we've talked about on the show, right? That's Even in Mannerism, you can hit something. Even in Phoenix Command, hitting something's going to take about an hour, but you can hit something.
2: So, he's, what he's done is made a shell and then.
0: He's made a, he's made a hollow shell of a. hollow racist shell. Yeah, a hollow white shell, which makes me think, right, and this is just a theory, that that Rev Ken, who wrote this, had actually never played an RPG before, let alone tested this one out before printing it uh, out alongside his new Swastika t-shirts. Now, we're about to get really offensive here, because we're we're, going to go into the bestiary. Mmm... I'm not going to skirt around the offensive language. In fact, I'm ju- I will beep it because I think just for impact here, we need to show how blatantly disgusting this is. And it's so, it's so fucked up, it's unbelievable. I'm laughing because of out of nervousness. So the first enemy
2: is the N. Oh, no.
0: Now just listen to this fucking description, right? So this is the description. So the way it's broken down is that they have the broad category of it. So in this case, the n-word, right? And then they'll describe it. Then they'll give very different variations on the on the thing, right? Oh no! So it says. N-Words are smelly and stupid creatures who tend to possess thick skulls. These beasts are one of nature's worst specimen, and it's the duty of a white warrior to eradicate them at every possible chance. Their special attack is known as stench, and if successful, the powerful odour that the... Uh, exudes right so it ends with an incomplete sentence first of all right i'm I'm gonna bleep the bad language don't worry about it so the n-word like all the other enemies gets a few variations as i mentioned and that is pretty gross even to start off right that's mental it's really 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 awful i mean i i sort of because you sometimes get those people you know they are not racist but And then they just go, but those people are suited to be in their land or something. Like, they try to put it in a way that they seem like they're not a cunt. Yeah. But in this particular case, it's like, no, they're just flat out. There's no... They, they they they're just genuinely anti other people for no reason, saying stuff that is blatantly un Look, there are a lot of smelly people out there from all races. Yeah. If you've ever been to an RPG con, you'll know what I'm talking about. Come to Savage Con. This Come year. to Savage Con this year, please. <laughs> lot of smelly, lot of smelly people from all cre races and creeds. But anyway, so this enemy, quote unquote enemy, like all the others in the in the game, gets a few variations. Like you do, might have in a D and D, you might have like a. I'm not directly comparing the two, but you might have a hobgoblin and a goblin, right? So, like, different types. So, in the case of the one we're talking about, you've got smelly n-word, stupid n-word, retarded n-word, repulsive, and thick-skulled, right? So this is pretty gross. And the next one, right, they're talking about just anyone Latino, but they've gone for... So, I know there are racist words for Mexicans, right, or whatever, but for some reason they've gone for latrino, like a toilet instead of latino like a latrine what the fuck i mean just beyond being a bad pun like it's 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 kind of not offensive
2: if somebody comes up and goes you you toilet it's like calling green day brown day eh?
0: yeah it's that equivalent isn't it it's like that level of clever um and their variations include lazy criminal ugly and so on and they described as a waste of valuable air on earth wow now last time i checked air ain't that valuable it's everywhere it's free mate try selling it it's free exactly so not not beyond the fact that they can't waste it
2: right it's kind of a really just a shit way of being a cunt but unless uh, like you go to the garage like the the petrol station then you have to actually pay for air
0: yeah to inflate no well I don't do that I inflate it with my own mouth Nice, yeah. so save a lot of money that yeah, way. Yeah. Very difficult, very difficult. Breathed right? in a lot of uh, tire fumes. <laughs> uh, but the next enemy is sand n words, who are Islamic people oh basically. My God. And then for all the Asian, Asian races, they've got gooks, and for Fuck of course, Jewish, they've got the c- who are characterized as being slimy, greedy, lying, and perverted, which is actually a new one on me. I've never heard that one before. Um, uh, I will say though, fortunately, right, and this is mildly funny. It's not actually that funny. In fact, nobody's playing this and the guy's probably dead, so it's funny. Um fortunately, the Asians get off the lightest, right? They're characterized as being communist or annoying, which I think is, is it? it's a lot better than being smelly, disgusting, ugly, waste of air. Yes, like they they either communist or annoying, I which is like
2: this bloke probably likes North Korea though, isn't it? Probably. Yeah.
0: But you know you know it's funny because it's like if, if what they're saying is true which it isn't right but if what they're saying is true and these people really are a threat to our race and all of this stuff right even if all of that is true right and somebody is taking over your country you could argue that if you were in that mindset it's a good reason to to try and defend your country with guns right but somebody being annoying i don't think is really enough because <laughs> i know a lot of annoying people i'm not going to kill them
1: oh mate everyone at this table is annoying including me Imagine if we all just killed each other because
2: right. we were annoying like or just because you dislike somebody a little bit so it sort of goes back to that guy in our games
0: yeah exactly <laughs> he's a communist and annoying and yet i haven't killed him but yet. he is uh no, dear,
2: blue eyes but no he has killed people for being annoying though not in real life but oh he? right what did in in the RPG world, he's just kill
3: people.
0: Yeah, thing. yeah. Well, exactly, and that's another good justification because we, you know, for him not joining because it was like, we we didn't do that once. We never even hit somebody for being annoying.
1: No. Oh, I did a slap, but that's because they were being disrespected. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. Would well, I? They were... Ethnic, um, good act. They were well-ethnic, yeah. <laughs> Oh, no! <laughs> all right, well, yeah, that is... It's a very short RPG, but that is basically it. What you've really got is some enemy stats, very loose character creation rules, a very loose game, and a terrible firearm section. But you've just basically got a lot of text that's in massively racist. I feel like... I feel like reading through this, one of the main motivations was to get down and paper all the hateful things he wanted to say, because the bestiary section is the longest part. And it's, it's the most passionately written part. All of it is very dull.
2: He also wanted to give ideas to people to, like, perhaps level up their racism and then team up with other idiots.
0: Yeah, it's sort of like trying to teach the things they believe in a tabletop setting, I, 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 I assume. Mate, that's but,
2: the weirdest fucking,
1: like, race, racist nerd thing to do ever
0: yeah i can teach everyone else about my racism from tabletop games yeah uh, okay uh, mission one printing t-shirts yeah i gotta do that because you gotta get a message out there for a reasonable cost i actually just have to think about that though there has definitely got to be a time right because hitler one of the things he did was that he took currently existing symbols and then perverted them to something else like celtic cross was one of the uh the leagues of the ss or something wasn't it i don't, I don't fucking know yeah. but a swastika for example originally a symbol of peace right that mm. actually because in world war Two, like the the way they teach in japan is kind of different about world war ii to the point where the nazis aren't really as synonymous with evil in japan uh so they still use the swastika on like instagram and stuff because it's just a cool spiritual symbol right um but the nazis they turn it around the other way now i reckon 100%, there has got to be a number of racist cult members, like the people that made this game, out there that have printed it the wrong way around and accidentally worn a Hindu t shirt. I mean, that, and that's quite a funny thought, I feel. That, yeah, that's funny. You just guys. go up to him and be like, oh, Hindu, are you? And they'd be like, fuck you,
2: communist. Like, against the law in this country to like, have that image at all, anywhere. I, I
0: probably is because uh hate speech is banned in this country which has has led to some dodgy things like people are being arrested for making jokes or whatever but like yeah so i think it is and in germany it's like illegal to have it on any media whatsoever so you can't publish a video game with a swastika in it for example which is why it often gets changed to being a Z or something but yeah uh that's racial holy war um pretty terrible game it was probably the, i think out of all the ones we've ever reviewed the most hateful that's just the fact yeah yeah it's
1: got a lot of hate in it and it's um i know say like anal circumference and jizz and boobs and all this, this makes fatal
0: look like a fun romp
1: yeah because this is just
0: it's just pure hatred and really kind of disgusting in that way because at least in other games that we've reviewed that are along the same lines you kind of get that thing where it's like i'm not being hateful towards women but they are different and it's like it's like that type of thing where you're trying to justify it by saying like you're trying to say it's oh no i'm just being realistic right whereas in this case they're not even trying to justify anything it's just they say that white people are su- uh, supreme without actually giving any evidence then say all these other people are bad without actually giving any evidence for anything right it's uh, it's pretty gross pretty gross but that's racial holy war uh, a game which concludes by saying it's an entita- entertainment product <laughs> for those loyal to the white race and by saying have fun building a whiter brighter world which uh. you, you know just isn't possible even if you are a massive neo-nazi because the, barely, the game barely includes any rules especially for hitting or shooting people which is primarily the goal of the game but if you like making t-shirts or reading racist bibles when you bleed to death this game is for you but like as an entertainment product it fails in every regard because it's not really even usable so in what way is the game entertaining? Other than, well I suppose you could burn it, but at the end of the day, that would be an insult to fire. Mm. Well, before we conclude though, let's talk about what became of Kenneth Molyneux after writing this. Sudden and violent death? Well, we aren't that lucky sadly. He went on to write a book called The White Empire, a very accidentally homoerotic book about a man bombing African villages and stopping Asian nuclear war efforts, but uh It's got major Top Gun vibes, this book, where the two main characters are so hunky and he's talking about rippling muscles all the time. So, you know, he's probably a closet gay. And the book concludes... uh, That book, uh, The White Empire, concludes with him saving the world and establishing a new empire with a capital city called Klasengrad, right? Uh, Which is in Russian, for some reason, uh, named after Ben Klassen, who started the cult. But if there's anybody that would hate Russians i would have thought it'd be the anti-communist racist cult but for some reason it's called klassengrad like stalingrad or (laughs) petrograd um other than this book though i can't find much info on molyneux's life after racial holy war but ben klassen the founder of the movement did end up redeeming himself you see because in 1993 he assassinated the leader and founder of the creativity movement himself why he killed himself yeah, so he's he's yeah, but he killed Ben Classen. Oh yeah. It's like how Hitler killed Hitler. <laughs> surely that's got to to count for something but as for the creativity movement the uh, cult basically died along with its creator but one member by the name of Matthew Hale tried to resurrect it three years later with the new church of the creator which also then had to change its name to the creativity movement sadly for Hale though he tried to get a mate to murder a judge and went to jail and while two new splinter groups formed little is known about them and the original cult is basically as dead as Ben Classen and I think the moral story of here is don't make an RPG if you're an idiot who can't remember to include basic gameplay rules in your book. And don't start cults, because they never end well, right? They never end well. Look at Jonestown. You think you're g- drinking delicious Kool-Aid? Uh-oh.
1: Poison. What about um, a cult of Sean that would do quite well?
0: Well, I do... Uh, we watched... The, uh, no, I'm not going to go on about that. Anyway, look. Um, yeah, Sean, you starting a cult? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. That's the ultimate conspiracy thing, man. If you started a cult, you, then you could be one of the conspiracy theories. You could be the new Scientology.
2: No, we won't we'll have like anything to do with
0: Oh, no, I wouldn't go near it nah, with a like, 10-foot pole, but,
2: but you can start it. No, right? but it'd be like a cult about... like It won't be like Scientology. It'll be like a cult where, no, I will not start a cult. That's...
0: <laughs> yeah, you were going to say, it's one where we're all equal, man. And that's how they always turn out. It's always like, like, it's like come to happy freedom town. And there's always the stipulation that the leader gets to sleep with your wife and take all of your money.
2: We just like hang out and be nice to each other and like play games and stuff and watch anime and...
0: And then somebody knocks on your door. Sounds like... Sean, I need some extra food. My son's starving. Oh. um, Would that... A glorious leader. Do you think that would happen? Yeah, unfortunately it would get... That's... They always end badly, Sean. Stop starting cults all the time. (laughs) time. So that's racial holy war. What do you guys think?
2: I think it's a piece of shit. Yep. Yep. Sean? Uh, I don't think it's even a game, really. It's not a finished game, at the very least. It's though.
0: not a finished game, and it's definitely not a finished game.
2: <laughs> no, because...
0: Because uh, that's, that's another way race. No, because the thing is, that white supremacists, right, they do hate white people. Uh, pff, no, no, they specifically like them, except for Jewish people. Also racist, they always hate Polish people, too. Ukrainian people, North Macedonians. It's always
2: like, oh, please, the Europeans take no jobs. It's like, so, just make your mind up. Are we ve- are we pro-white or anti-white? It's a very select, group very select, white- specifically white
0: Americans. Usually, some English, maybe as long as they're not mixed race. Maybe if their and, teeth aren't that bad, and if they're Dutch, if they if, don't if, have if an your accent. teeth are nice and white, yeah, d- yeah, Dutch, but without an accent. South Africans, but not the black ones. <laughs> 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 They're very, very select. Very select. Yeah. Uh, fuck you, the yeah. makers of this game. And also, uh, Ben Classic, I'm glad you're dead. Oh, man. No,
2: it's but come on. It's a good story. It's a good ending. Good.
0: <laughs> we got the good ending on this one. Yeah, we
1: did. We did. But this, I think it's It's unreal that this person even wrote it. I know.
0: Disgrace, it's mad. It's It's a real disgrace. And it, 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 I think it... Is out there with the worst ones we've ever reviewed.
1: But I feel like it's one of the ones that really, really could give our very niche RPG community um, a bad rep the other yeah. ones are just kind of weird and like they're a bit too like into sex and all this stuff and that's kind of i feel like there's a big area of it that can be kind of forgiven.
0: well because imagine if you're one of those people that are uh, anti-opages but doesn't really understand them mm. you know like saying that D is satanic when it's really not because you're killing demons usually yeah but um if you were one of those people and then you came across yeah. this like this could have been, especially when it was written, because it was written not like at the beginning of RPGs, but around when they were getting huge, you know. And I guess that's why they made it. But it could have been really bad if, if like, some of those mums groups had got a hold of it. But then a lot of those mums groups are often racist as well, so they yeah, probably, probably loved it. Loved it. <laughs> like oh, RPGs are good after all. Oh, I
1: love this. why don't you play this
2: one?
0: This. Oh, yeah, I agree. Asians are annoying. <laughs> <laughs> or so, communists. Um, would you- and communists. Yeah.
2: slow wizards of the coast in the RPG industry. Yeah.
0: They've been doing it fine themselves, Reverend Ken. All right? Leave it to them. Well, that's it. Should we uh, do some electro letters? Yeah. In the future, you will be able to send a letter or parcel from anywhere on the planet. This, sir, is the electro letter. Uh, right this is uh, Electro Letters where we deal with your correspondence Uh, Giga Greg comes in with the first one it's just a question for me that's why I included it egomaniac question Harrison if you were elected quote unquote president of insert name of second world country here like I don't know Australia who would you choose to be your vice president now I assume that's in this room but also I get a choice of anyone right sure Uh, vice president's going to be Sean no offence James I'm in you would be receptionist probably <laughs> I just think that's where your skill set lies. Uh, Sean, no, you would be vice president because you've always got to have somebody who can take the fall for something. Uh, oh, you're and a good, I think you. you good punch yeah. bag. People might look at James and they'll be like, no, there's no way you would make a fuck up that big whereas they look at you guys always start trying to start cults and going on about 9-11 and they might be like yeah that
2: guy definitely did it and i would be like yep sadly he is fired i don't really do either of those things really but um it's only been 10 minutes since you mentioned 9-11 oh yeah sorry can jet for
0: meets meet still beams it can but can it melt them um as for who would you choose as your vice president lads it can be anyone um i was going to go jim carrey <laughs> no, I tell you why because he's actually a very switched-on, very nice
2: man. I feel so
0: like, I mean, but then he could also do some so, wacky stuff. Like yeah, we've so, gone to
2: we've gone to war with with I mean, some third so, world des- nation. But you sort of described me though in that, what wacky and funny? You no, know, like switched on and then wacky and funny. You
0: are switched on. You've watched enough sort of Windows Movie Maker YouTube videos. To know like you uh, remember that yeah. remember that wingdings thing with 9-11 wingdings? <laughs> no, I don't Whereas, like if you type in wingdings where it's like plane building building jewish star and then you translate it's the postcode of 911 11 of, <laughs> not, of um, the twin towers I don't remember that you either. showed me a video about that's that that's really
2: man. silly but um you, you were into it man no I wasn't he was no, no
0: go on who's your vice president going to be you get elected president um, of australia uh, who actually has a prime minister so that would be really weird probably chabadi g isn't it? The fictional character Chibadi G.
2: Wait, has it got to be a real person? I don't
0: know. It can be Chibadi G. James, how about you?
2: Um, I'll probably,
0: probably choose Hitler. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> next question. No Names Bimmy. He says, um, uh, This is for the next episode. No Names Bimmy. He says, You have limited time to play games, and most people that do TTRPGs don't invite players back if they suck what would it take for you to say nope session is done get the fuck out of my house right because that's what you usually do that's what he's saying when, when well, you have would it actually f- take for someone to what, for, for to us to stand up and forcibly remove somebody because uh, because like usually we just don't invite them back right they
2: really raging and throwing stuff off the table yeah yeah if they like. uh, if they were physically disruptive, or
1: for instance if they just like sat there well no if they were physically disruptive disruptive I think
0: that that's got to be... be it I feel and uh, I saw a video once uh, I've been trying to find a bit it's a clip of a live stream of a and d game where a guy gets so angry he punches the DM in the back as he's, <laughs> he's leaving and he's like fuck you man like that type of thing that would be a definite get out yeah
2: um, um, but like uh, in the case of a just like a nice guy that made a boring game you could just be like, oh, oh the kettle's on oh.
0: well you're saying ejecting the GM himself we're talking about if a player, Sean, pay attention for goodness' sake. No way! All right. The, if a player comes to your game, what would it take for you to
2: chuck them out immediately? Uh, not just you, not invite yeah, them not
0: back. Yeah, not even like yeah,
1: not
2: invite back. As in, don't worry, Sean. We'll do every out. question twice just for you. I'll be yeah, no, it'd just be the rage and the table throwing and the flipping and that.
0: Yeah, I think I think that is really where that because to be honest, what you do in the game can because it's all imaginary. It can never really be that bad to the point where I won't just try and quickly wrap it up. Yeah, because we have somebody done a bum conga once, where he raped a player, then that player then raped a player, and then a player came in behind and raped him, and then they did the conga. Yeah, yeah. that guy was not invited back. But that, that's he's imaginary.
2: It does. It did ruin the session. But at the end of the day, I was just like, right, we're wrapping this up. Yeah, Let's but, end on the bum conga. Yeah, but there's no like messed up individuals like that that we like that are our friends basically. He's James's friend. Is he? Is he, is he I thought it was Chris. It was
0: Luke Green. I thought it was Chris. Yeah, I oh do you reckon it's your brother's friend no no sean like really misunderstanding like yeah, yeah he's like well, he's not he's not necessarily like a mate but i've hung out with him on 11, many occasions he's james's friend Are you, oh sorry i'm really close to him mate he, he moved to australia now anyway <laughs> i know he did that no 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 he's uh, he's not saying sean, i don't think sean necessarily slagged him off that bad but no, he did do the um, bum conga that's, That's on me saying I don't like Luke. I think uh whoever this person is.
2: I think he's he said his full name earlier.
0: Oh did I. Yeah. That's getting bleeped.
2: Um Um no, I mean no, I mean like no, I, that's, I'll take that back a bit because like, no, no I, meant, fine. I, meant, I mean, well, Sean but, he's definitely harder meant, than you I meant, I meant that's just, a fact I meant just this, yeah he's hence he could fuck I, you up but I just no. but I like I'm I'm sending this track. episode to no I don't because Do like name, well man. like, I just meant that situation was messed up and um, it's like yeah, don't, it was their own it was
1: their first forte into the immersive
0: imaginary world of that it,
1: it was, was the, second the, the silliness
0: it's, set in it was his yeah. second Oh But you met him in town that day and he was I'm gonna fucking kill you, mate. Like he just he just went into the action into the yeah, one shot. I completely <laughs> misunderstood the uh
1: the point in
0: But he he had had been a good player when we played Lankmar with him before and I that's was, why he was yeah. invited. So yeah. Um kill defenses, he says, What's the best time you have with a game system or session that you fucking hated? Uh
1: Best time you had with a what?
0: Uh, a, a system or session that you hated. The best time with a system or session that you hated. When we were playing all the uh, sound bites. Yeah, I was going to say that as well. Because there, there was a campaign many years ago by somebody we don't even know anymore who doesn't exist. Who uh, did a campaign that was, was quite dull. And this particular GM hates rap music. Uh, and yet asked me to freestyle three times to fill time in the uh, in, in the episode and we were also bored we were putting on these videos that were one hour of silence interrupted, interrupted by, by something something um sean did one at one point and i felt terrible for this but it was it, it was the you know that bloke hello how are you i'm under the water yeah but it, it was the whole the whole video every so often for an hour <laughs> And I remember the guy trying to desperately get out a fucking description while I was going hello how are you I'm under the water please help me hello <gasps> it
2: was like it was so it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen well, James had the, the can opening one. That, was,
0: that was that was a weird one because all of the noises that came out were really strange like it was what the dog doing or that or we had oh. we're, or whatever and then, and then for some reason James just found like, it was just a can opening and it was it was so normal that it just made me laugh so much because i just. Like every so often, was just <laughs> <laughs> so sort of warrior going. Ah, <laughs>
1: oh, but so that was yeah fond memory of us being. Uh, uh, we were being disruptive players, weren't we? Uh, oh, uh,
0: no, 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 we weren't. We were given nothing to do, mate. Yeah, but we were a bit. That is that was a bit out of all of us to do, maybe. It was
2: more of a protest. But well, I don't
0: think we were being disruptive players because when it came to actually playing the game, we did. We yeah. did so but I, was,
2: I think we got into it as
0: far as we could the only thing is is that, we did dick about in the background didn't we but <laughs> well, what, what, what was there to do mate yeah. no but we
1: ended up getting really pissed and that's also why
0: that's, that's why we got silly because the only reason that, the only thing we could do is get re- I mean every week getting hammered as fuck like and sometimes I'd have to be off for
1: work the next day yeah was, well, I had to be off work every time yeah. it was brutal but it was the only saving grace is I had breakfast at work but yeah. it, it was um, <laughs> yeah yeah, it yes, right. definitely that. I think another one was you know. there
0: was there was a session of um, uh, Deadlands Noir that was run at a convention uh, that some mates of mine played in, and uh, uh, th- nobody knew what to do. And at the end, somebody got so bored they just went,
2: "Gotta tap a few loose ends," and just went on a killing spree with his car, just <laughs> ramming people down. Yeah, because we all thought the campaign had ended. We did that mission, um, and then he was like, "Well, well, actually, the uh, picture <laughs> the picture's not." I mean, we, like we took- to take a
0: picture of somebody uh, in a compromising position and they, uh, they got it back. And then the bloke said the picture wasn't good enough. Uh, and then they started wrapping it up. But for some reason, the game carried on anyway. They're like, where do you go? And somebody said, I'll walk off into the sunset. And then he's like, And all right. Everyone did their final scenes. And the guy's like, So what'd you do next? And then uh, Ryan's just like, Gotta have a few loose ends, just
2: GTA style, r- mowing people yeah. down. And then uh, we took a toilet break at that point, um, and um, just because we were bored. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was like,
1: "What do we do? I don't know what to do." <laughs> oh,
2: that was rough.
0: Yeah, it was really rough. Oh. Uh, because uh, yeah, it's a lot of things that, in fact with that campaign that we just spoke about it, it was funny at the time and there were some funny scenes and it's it's just that the GM didn't prepare and he knows it and that's that's the end of it and we shouldn't put on the sound effects I think you're also the most egregious Sean and I think that was ge- that was genuinely a bit out of order no because you had no, so, you had some others that were like somebody <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh,
0: well, and
1: it was the uh, distorted um, sonic
3: <laughs> oh the really loud
0: bass boosted one yeah yours are the most fucked up 100% yeah, to be fair <laughs> yeah. I wasn't trying to
2: be egregious it was just that I wanted to change it up you know like, we had to have something to like because otherwise it'd be what the you yeah yeah you've got to change it up yeah, I did
0: say it was funny that it's in your whole campaign that hasn't happened once eh
2: yeah, that's the mark of like, well, like content. Every is so often, exciting. somebody
0: will get out a meme and play it when somebody gets a crit, yeah, definitely. Right? But and then, but then it's like that hasn't happened once because we're so into it. <laughs> no. oh, I, Sean did it himself no. a but, couple moments. But, oh yeah, did, did you? yeah.
2: But over, Emotional damage <laughs> over here in Three T Towers. We we like uh, content in our games, and it like, we do, we do. It was we. just it was quite weird because that goes back to racial holy war. With well, we were talking
0: about this the other day, and. A big part of it was that the GM wanted to make the travel feel long, right? Or realistically long. But the thing is, to give people something to role play with, it doesn't have... Uh, you don't just sit there talking about your backstory, right? You have to give people something. So it could just be simply... Somebody's tracked mud into the wagon. That That's then becomes something for you to you to flesh your characters out by maybe arguing about it. Do you see what I mean? But there was nothing. It was just us travelling. So, it, it could be anything. To that to the suddenly the guy the guy driving the wagon hits a bird and there's bird shit fucking slapped up all over it as you're driving along. Do you know what I mean?
1: Well, the, the thing was like trying to make the uh, the travel long. That was obviously to fill time because of the reading ahead there's a few moments where he had his head buried in a book just being like oh, I'll be there in a minute guys just talk amongst yourselves
0: I would have preferred that just that more often just to, but yeah there we go fuck it he knows it's alright let's go on to the next question the Greg man he says you're putting together a table of gamers for a non D&D game you have to pick four of the following things for your group right to make up the group of a non D&D game uh, you have to pick four of these a power gamer a true story stick gamer, I don't know what that means, a rules lawyer, a furry, a larper, someone, someone who will compare everything in your game to D&D, Bobby Evans, a gamer who makes weird PCs that never fully gel with others, or Greg. Um, right. So you have to pick four of those. Right, I've got them. Go. Um, well, it's going to be Greg, at the last two. Yep. So you got so you got Greg and a gamer that makes weird PCs that never fully gel with others. Yeah.
1: And then it's going to be the power gamer and a rules lawyer.
0: Oh, that's a rough one, though, man. <laughs> yeah. You've got a bad time in your hands there. Yeah. See, I, I I don't mind the gamer who makes weird PCs that never fully gel because I always find at some point they find a place where they like do gel, where they fit in the party, right? Because we've had like, not everyone makes bangers 100% at the time, right? You guys are lucky in that you do make them more often than not. But, like, sometimes you'll get a character that doesn't quite fit, but eventually will find their niche. I've never had it where they simply don't by the end of the campaign, even if it just means they're a decent background character who contributes meaningfully to fights. Do you see yeah. what I mean? Um, I think I would go with. Oh, this is really rough. I'll go with Bobby Evans. I'll go with Greg. Uh, Someone who will compare everything in your game to D&D Because I feel like we've already got a guy like that And he's pretty great Although he's stopped doing it ever since enjoying other systems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would probably go the furry, because I actually ran a game with Lankmar, and there was a furry in my game, and he's was all right. <laughs> um, the yeah. only reason I would... See, I wouldn't pick the LARPA, because larpers tend to think that LARPing is the highest form of role-playing, and what they're doing is only half the experience. So I wouldn't want that person at my table. Rules, law, and power game. Yeah. A power game is all right. It can be all right so maybe but the, but the, but the rules lawyers are the worst oh, the, ones
1: the thing because of the power game and the rules lawyer put on my table they'd argue a lot
0: they would like it a lot um, argue a lot yeah, yeah that's a good and point and that would be entertainment
1: for the other people
0: yeah I mean if we're talking about entertainment outside of the game that you're playing yeah that would be good Yeah. power gamer trying to lie
2: the rules lawyer picking them up on it yeah, yeah. how about you Sean um, yeah I'd probably go with, I'd probably go with the uh, guy who creates a player character who doesn't gel um because um yeah because you know even if they don't like sometimes they could be like a cool outsider type annoying character like a loose cannon or something like
0: yeah that. exactly yeah um, and that'll be fun
2: um rules lawyer i like talking about rules power gamer we already had one of those at our table so he's here now Yeah. <laughs> we just
0: looked at James he looked away no you're not to be fair no, I, think I think you used to be, be more focused on the stats but oh, yeah, now, was, now it's a good mix of both It was back in the day yeah. a good mix of both uh, and in fact your characters were still good back. I'd then still too, try so. and
2: create the best cat. like yesterday I was trying to in MCC he was trying to power game no, I was trying to create the best character I could. I
0: you but uh, then then there are some situations where it's stacked against you where you do need a character that's good to roleplay, but you need you, you don't want a character to be a complete duffer. Like you want them to be good. It's about balancing the both. Definitely. And I mean, um, a lot of the decisions I made uh in the most recent Savage Worlds campaign, knowing it was deadly, you know, the Savage Pathfinder. Uh, they 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 had to be relevant yes. but, but but also like i wanted to do things that would genuinely help like when i took beastmaster to get a pet and i put pick, i picked a swarm of frogs rather than a frog it's because swarms don't have to roll to hit they just hit and that was the reason i picked it yeah. but but like still the character was it was befitting of him being a child because he just picks up random shit and now he's got about a handful of frogs um, but yeah like, like it's definitely about balance but uh, yeah that's it those are our answers I think that's a really difficult one but I think in any, any RPG game you're going to get a couple of these aren't you you yeah. might as well roll a 8 you're going to get a, uh, maybe a power gamer something a furry I mean uh, yeah it's, but it's fine some of them are fine some of the things you can live with if they manage to work around it uh, Lassie comes in with the next one he says what makes a good one shot from a player spect- perspective and as a ramrod a good one shot. A good
1: one shot is um, something that's easily focusable because if your if your goal so that's the a bit the goal is in sight the whole time, I think. Because if it's difficult then the players may just simply not want to do it.
0: They'll lose interest. Yeah, I, I agree. I think get the goal out within the first five minutes of
2: the game. Yeah,
0: like, yeah, like that. To, it has to be either a simple goal or a simple goal that
2: then gets more complicated. Right yeah. at the beginning of the game. Yeah, you should probably like near like in the first five minutes. Also, uh, with one shot, what makes a good one shot is um, like having the the overall story but then also cutting that up into three chunks, like the beginning, the middle, where it gets...
0: Maybe, yeah, maybe with a, with a break, yeah. yeah. No, I agree. Um, and the thing about you know keeping it simple is, is a very good, good example is our Call of Cthulhu game that we played at a convention recently. It started off... The the, the the mission is really simple. Your mobsters, uh, a bunch of stock has gone missing from your warehouse of illegal booze, right? And that's it. Then from there it builds. You add details, but your goal is always really simple: find out who stole the booze. It did turn out to be deep ones, but that's that that it built from there. Because uh, I played in in one shots where the the goal is very nebulous or or, or not uh, clearly defined, and it's like you just
2: lose interest. So that like that fucking
0: Deadlands noir game.
2: There was um, there was one guy at the Cthulhu game who uh, um. Who like kept getting lost um, in s- story in a story sense, and then like sort of trying to sort of stifle his anger a bit. Uh, was it was the guy next to us. It was next to me. Yeah,
0: yeah. He was weird as well, James, because like he he was such a fucking militant atheist. Right, that we at some point went. I would go to the church we're going to see if there's anything hidden under the altar and he goes sorry guys can you just clarify because you know I'm, I'm an atheist I'm not religious and he said it maybe three four times it's an so so like nobody everyone knows what a fucking altar is don't pretend you're that atheist that you don't know what an altar is sorry guys uh, a church what are we talking here what does that look like is it, is it a type of grape it's like no shut your fucking mouth um, I also think from one shots is having um, if you're giving out pregens which you usually are have a bit of text on how that character relates to another character yeah right for example in the tales from the loop one we played at birmingham the story was pretty good because it included our character's backstory which in that case we made up right where we were all linked that's part of tales from the loop but um yeah the cthulhu game succeeded on that as well that's a really good way of just going right so instead of just giving out a bunch of adventurers and saying here make it up have like how
2: they met or how they feel about each other. Or well, what that's what you usually do. Like, right, you're these guys. Like, um, for example, the Call of Cthulhu campaign, right? You're the mobsters, you're all part of this mob. But well, then... It's always good because it allows
1: the players at the table to um, improvise together.
2: Yes, yes exactly. exactly.
0: You've already got a reason for people to talk to each other rather yeah. than just. And also, like, because how many fucking fantasy one shots have you sat down to play where it's just like,
2: here's a fighter, here's a person
1: many and then and then the only typically only the players that have come together at a convention like me and sean when we did the warhammer one we're only,
0: yeah, we were the we only, only ones that team role with, played together yeah yeah exactly but like like instead of doing that like yeah have the base classes but just go uh your dad really wanted you to become a wizard but you were too stupid so you became a fighter your brother however is one of the other uh, player characters he's a wizard and he's your f- dad's favorite yeah. There you go. You got something there. There's There's even as you're adventuring, that that might come up where you you kind of resent your older oh, brother. Like, yeah,
2: like even in um, can, uh, no, guy m- m- McDonald's game. Um, At least that had that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That even he he got that right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I also think props. Uh, It sounds stupid because you don't need it, and it's a game about imagination. But at con to get people invested, props are
1: definitely they they really really get the players the most.
0: Because while you if you're playing a campaign, you're invested in that stuff. You're dealing with it all the time. You get used to where things are, what things are. Props like maps, uh, handouts, all of that shit is always going to help people get more invested. Especially if they got it there, still sat on the table as a reminder. Um, Maps as well, and and obviously fucking terrain is pretty great Mm. Uh, he also asked uh, any RPG releases in 2023 that you're hyped for oh yes uh, what Uh,
2: the the, uh, Pathfinder uh, Savage Pathfinder Advance book
0: yeah there we go that's a good one
2: it's bringing the Alchemist class the Cavalier or something uh, you got Inquisitor, the, yeah. You got Inquisitor, the Summoner. Um, yeah, this whole like new campaign that, that 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 you can also buy with it. But I'm just going to buy the advanced book because there's so much to it. New spells, all of this stuff. So it's going to be it's going to be crazy. Um, yeah, I'm excited. And also, uh, oh, um, sorry. Also, also, um, like with the like the whole um sort of ancestral abilities. Like with dwarves, they're good at. Like like dark vision. What Sean start. is
0: saying is that you can now pick different types of dwarves rather than just having the stacked straight up dwarf race. Nice. So you could be a hill dwarf, stone dwarf, communist dwarf. So safe Annoying dwarf, <laughs> um, I'm looking forward to the money Python <laughs> <laughs>
1: RPG being delivered, mate.
2: That's um, going to be a
0: fun episode at um, the very least, eh? Hey? Yeah. I um, oh, can't. Wait. Oh no, be
2: a big good episode. Uh, have you got any? Have you got any of the catapults, James? Or um, uh, I don't know if my pledge included that.
0: You can add it at the end. Oh, no, it's already ended, isn't it? Yeah. Well, never mind. <coughs> um, yeah, as for me, I'll probably say that Pathfinder one because I'm looking forward to playing that, probably digging into a new class. But I'm not aware. There's probably someone peripherally aware of that I... Can't fucking remember, but d 6th edition. Can't wait to see how it shakes up the industry or destroys it. That'll be fun. Um, I'm really nervous about that.
2: <laughs> Same. I'm looking forward to lending you the books, uh, Pathfinder books, Harrison's. Book. I'm not running it, mate. So I can be a player.
0: No, you're never playing it. That's the curse of running a game that well. It, 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 that your players like so much. Like If you run a game that you absolutely love uh, and, pl- and the players like it, you're, you're never going to play it i only play i've been playing d running dcc for years i played it for the first time at that con yeah, oh, that's
2: true. <laughs> MCC is uh, like fun. That's the first time I played that, so that's quite. It's good.
0: It's very good. Um, but I'll probably be only the only one ever running it. Um, never playing. Uh, Bargle the infamous. He says D and D is enjoying a cultural prominence that it hasn't <coughs> seen since the 1980s, which helped out RPGs in general. Do you see the D and D hype bubble bursting anytime soon? Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We've really... we've discussed that at length already. Um, but yeah, yeah, it very much could do with how much the GL and everything is shaking
2: things up But fingers crossed,
0: fingers crossed it won't. But for it from this point, when a new edition of D&D comes out, usually it's people all over the world creating content. And you've got shitloads, imagine and if that could end it. soon. But
2: do we expect there to be a sequel to the film? Um, I, I reckon think, the, uh, maybe a squeak to the film. I reckon the film's gonna bomb innit it, but yeah, but we're going out to watch it, not, you, on, the, not on the day of release because I'm, I'm, yeah, busy. But, like I, I Wait, mean, no, to be sorry, honest, like I, I mean. Like, no, but you. I went out to see Black Adam. That was a massive failure as well. So. Yeah, hey, And An umble. D- but, uh,
0: y- well, um, the D and D movie though. We've got an idea for an episode where you two are going to go and watch it, and you're trying to convince yeah, me to. to 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 watch it. Do you know what? No, no, what it was was I was gonna I was gonna try and predict every single thing that happens in the film, yeah. and I reckon I can.
2: I'm quite. Yeah, go on then. No. no yeah, I'm not no, doing no. it now. We're saving it for an episode, Sean. Um. So, I'm quite sad that Hugh Grant is in this film.
0: Yeah, but he's playing a Goliath called Huge Grant, so it should be pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. That'd be good. Um, Hugh Grant's a good actor, man, and it's good that he's, he's no, stopped he being typecast into the... Oh, I'm, I'm terribly sorry. i have bit of shat myself. Yeah. The Greg Man, he says, related question, what de- non d and the RPG has the
2: potential to rise? Savage Worlds. Oh, oh yeah,
0: to Zeitgeist prominence via a streaming show in the next five years. I because I was trying to think what would critical role play if not D and D, right? That's that's the way I was thinking about this question. It would be, and I was thinking it's not going to be Pathfinder, right? Because Pathfinder is roughly the same, and Pathfinder Two E, the one that's actually in print, is really not going to be their cup of tea. Shadow of the Demon Lord is pretty close to D and D, but then I think it's too dark for what they do. I would love to see them play DCC, but considering that their characters never die, it's not going to happen.
2: It's got to be Savage Roads though, I think.
0: I think it could be, but it could also be maybe Call of Cthulhu. But Savage Worlds, I don't think has enough universal appeal to become that next big thing. Do you know what I mean? It should, it should, but I don't, I don't I, know if it does.
2: I think with the the way the OGL is going, and you might see some people uh, are
0: going to look for alternatives. But I, like I reckon from
2: content, I think. If I'm being honest, I think the next big thing is probably just going to be something
0: using the uh, OG OGL with and make a fifth edition clone with some of the stuff fixed and more included in Path the Pathfinder three. Pretty much Pathfinder three, but it may not be Paizo that comes out of it but if they're not working on that right now they're idiots um, James well um, I'm, I'm
1: not sure because I feel like the only one that makes sense would be something like Savage Worlds but at the same time because of who they are um, probably it's not got to be whatever's mainstream because whatever has the biggest following mm-hmm. so it could it, I, I don't feel like it, it will sort of defer from they indeed, they I
0: just don't think it's. I don't think it's possible. At least not for the next few years. But he says five. In five years, it could be a replacement game such as the original Pathfinder, couldn't it? Mm. That could be the next thing that people are playing because there's a lot of big streams out there that still play first edition. But yeah, um, Giga Greg. He says question. Harrison and you can chime in on this one, James, as well. How has new fatherhood, although you're an old fatherhood, uh, impacted your I'll just start the question again. Harrison, how has your new fatherhood impacted your game and lifestyle? The fact that you were still able to game and record suggests to me that you're both both your baby and wife are superheroes. <sighs> no mate, I do it myself. <laughs> no. Um Yeah, I mean, James, you've got a child who is thankfully old enough to entertain herself.
1: Yeah, well, um it was it's has been a difficult one because when we actually began our group, um it was, I didn't have my daughter as regularly, and but we always sort of have it at, at my house when she's over.
2: Shortly when we started, she was about eight, uh, something like that, 20, so she was still
0: a young child. It was
2: 2015, yeah. so she would have been, like, six. Yeah. Wait, now you're getting me confused. No, they seven. Shut
1: up. Yeah, that, if it was 2015, I mean, she would have been seven. Yeah.
0: Right, so, yeah,
1: um... Yeah. but yeah so basically we'd always um, do it at my house and then someone else's so that um we could uh, you know i could attend um and then because of the 7pm thing it would be pretty simple we'd just be like all right at that age 7pm was bed and she was um old enough to for me to say good night and then uh, go to bed mm. then there was a few times you know where i'd just be like all right, i'm just dying out say good night but we've stopped all that and to be honest he just hangs out with uh my current girlfriend now so
0: yeah exactly which is pretty great and um well yeah because she's now like 15 yes almost. almost almost 15 so um yeah i mean so you've got a pretty i mean with the newborn fortunately my son is he, he's very very good at sleeping. right he, his routine is pretty we can get we can get him down to sleep well, our game finishes it starts at 7 and then I'll put him to bed at like 10 to 7 um, and he'll just sleep usually right there's been one or two occasions where he's had a bad dream woken up or whatever and I have to go in and comfort him but it doesn't impact the actual gaming night at all really mm. because uh, for that reason I mean the only thing is he's bad at sleeping around un- another person's house with our travel cot as you've well found out on New Year's Eve although he did but, it but he did it eventually yeah um, and as for like planning games it's like I said like the usually I used to spend weeks I could sit down for a whole day and just uh, just plan draw maps uh, write out monster stats but I don't do that anymore I, ju- I, ju- I simply don't I've, I'm going more open world style with discoverable shit player led stuff things like this and that's fine because it's just been I've been taking probably since about halfway through your campaign Sean just doing notes here and there sporadically which is fine Um, and I've built up all of the campaign stuff that I need to run the campaign um Pretty well, nice and relaxed approach, isn't it? Exactly, and you know, more often than not, like my so, I my wife has, has a business to run, and I, um, am at home looking after the baby, so I I look after him more often than my wife, and it's got to the point where during his daytime naps, that's then now planning time, so it's mm. like, it good, it's, good balance. Uh, yeah, For and a he's minute. a really um easy baby most of the time I mean today obviously the fucking drilling downstairs woke him up (laughs) as the listeners heard yeah and my wife is obviously really helpful she's been looking after him for the last like three hours while I've been doing this so you know yeah they are superheroes Uh, but not in a cool way like Superman sadly just in a regular way where they're just pretty cool yeah um but yeah i don't know like it must be hard because other people like when it comes to scheduling games right not everyone plays regularly once a week they'll do it once a month and they'll schedule it it we are we it's just thursday every week that's it and because my son goes to sleep it means that i don't have to feel guilty if the game is not mine because pretty much my wife will just be at home watching tv (laughs) so the good sleep definitely helps this is why i'm definitely not gonna have another one because i know it will go the other way everyone says that don't they if you've got a relaxed first baby, the second one's gonna really be nuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Okay.
1: That's sounds the same,
0: guys. I can I can confirm that. Shut up, Sean. <laughs> oh, Sean
2: has no children that he knows about? No, I don't. But um, or sees. But like, in, like because of our because of like. You you're sort of a trouble baby, innit No, I'm just.
0: Joking. Me? Oh, I was actually. Yeah, to be fair. Were yeah. You? No, think... you're right. I was a horrible child in general, Sean. No,
2: you. you and you I've were... grown into a horrible man. You you weren't horrible. No, I just uh, I was just making a wise crack. I didn't. know I you... think I to be
0: honest that. though, let's be let's be honest with you. Yeah, you know, I, I may have been an annoying child, but I wasn't uh, nasty. But I was very annoying. No. i was very hyperactive. But you, on the other hand, Sean, what? you da- You once danced to my tears as if they were great music. oh I don't mention. That it's, it's funny though, it's funny. <laughs> he definitely <laughs> did that. He, he, he like, I don't know, hit me or, or like called me a name or something,
2: and then just started like,
0: going, Yeah, like dancing, like, oh the sweet music was, of Harrison's. I'd crying. like to,
2: like, uh, um, publicly that, apologize. Uh, we didn't really, like, because, like, when we, like, we were like five or whatever, we didn't get along, but then, like, a, like a couple
0: yeah, of we years. did. We mostly did. We've always got, we've always got, we never argued like siblings, but there was a short period where Sean was a complete cunt when he was
2: about like nine. Yeah, that that's true. Actually, I mean, there, <laughs> Sean, I'm only joking. It's fine. It's but funny. No, but we were we, we we were like good brothers, and we Sean, you don't need to justify. Yeah,
0: it, I feel you know, like this is really we, this we, is we, really veered we, off. We, Sean, we just, this was like, like 30 years like, ago. I Shut discovered
2: D and D for us. All right,
0: that's, that's a lie because I bought the fucking board game. So suck no,
2: it. I it no, I bought I it.
0: No, I bought it. Cleaning job, mate. Oh yeah, you're right. Uh, checkmate. Right, checkmate. Yeah, right. I just said, "Fucking, hell, I'm gonna make you cry and then dance to it, mate." <laughs> um, <laughs> Greg, Greg Sean's so embarrassed about that. I think it's funny, man. Don't worry about it, Greg. I was like four. It doesn't matter, Greg. Uh, Greg. Greg and Gregs. He says, uh, "What?" Uh, this is Ace. He says, "What difficulty check would you rank the following everyday activities?" And I'll go around the table. You have to give it a DC for each one. We'll do this rapid fire. Riding a bicycle, James. Ten. Fair enough.
2: Sean, passing your driving test first time? 10. 10? What? Look, after all the lessons? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, probably an 8 then. Uh, that, well, I've, I've failed three times. Easier than riding a bike? Oh, no, maybe. Easier than riding a bike? Oh, no, maybe, oh, no, maybe about 15. Fair enough. Better. Yeah, I'd okay. say because in the nerves. A, this is out twenty-five. Yeah. Running
0: out of Wagamamas without paying for the food—that's got to be easy. Oh, then, that's a, that's f- a, that's my one. Shut up! I'll give it a five. Mm. Not that I've ever done it, but were I to do it about ten well, times is, in my life. Oh,
2: they're quite—they're quite like—they're quite, like, quite good at stopping you outside, like just. Not me. They ain't. Or someone I'm a, a fictional. Uh,
0: next one is changing a nappy. Oh, mate, that varies. So it'll be. <sighs> No, I reckon it'd be about 12. Yeah. I reckon... Because, like, even with the biggest, shittiest fucking explosion, right? It's not hard, but it is very hard to not go... While you're doing? Because your
1: dexterity check, I think, would be the way it would. Uh, you got to,
0: no. It could be. It could be dexterity. Yeah, where you've yeah, got to, like stop the gag it. reflex. <laughs> catch, catch the sick it. in your catch, own catch mouth. Catch the piss. Uh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a good yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, getting I'm, out of the way. I'm if you have a baby opposite. boy,
2: then yeah, then yeah, yeah, yeah you are yeah, getting pissed yeah, on. That's just right. a fact. I'm kind of the opposite. I have a high con in that sense. But um, if there's if there's like if there's a really shitty time, then it's like James. Bear in mind, he deals with. Adults with severe problems. No, no, I mean not in this job.
0: Oh, right. Just what, in your personal life? Brilliant. Oh, no, he has changed my son before, with the help of my mum. Yeah, so I do think... I do think yeah the hardest bit is the smelliness that's just a fact but there we go everyone shits but i I really don't want to get, get like I, millie when she's my wife when she's changing his nappy she always she always is like, like this and i'm just like i don't want to give him a complex and make it seem like it's a bad thing especially because he was constipated for ages up until recently so i'm just like good boy and then secretly i'm like like just <laughs> swallowing sick in my mouth um oh god there's so many questions right next next one wow, S- quick. W- yeah we'll do quick fire quick fire because we sure, got to go you're next cj what are your thoughts on the uh, new doors backer kit project from loki map battle maps i like that stuff but extra stand up f- f- stuff feels like clutter Nice. Uh, so,
2: sounds so good to d- me
0: okay uh, it's nice it's actually kind of stupid because you could just draw a door on the map wipeable uh, <coughs> yeah, yeah uh, these like, are just stand up doors I don't know why doors are so important oh, to people oh just doors yeah just doors oh. stand up doors well, like the minis we've been using
2: no but that's quite handy because uh, a lot of the doors they fall down it's a bit annoying isn't it
0: yeah, but you could just draw one on the map with a pen. Yeah, but they're made like, that way. Yeah, but, well, yeah, but they it that It's way. a silly idea because, because
2: you can draw it already. It looks a bit yes, shit. Greg. It's like Kirk he's out,
0: shut up. We're trying to do it. Fine. Ace. He says, uh, "Ever tried rolling a dragon in DCC? If so, what were you punishing yourself for?" Yeah, so rolling a dragon in DCC, you can roll its type, you can roll its age, you can roll everything. So you all its abilities and everything. So you might end up with an amphibious, electric generating, semi-scaly dragon, and is pages and pages and pages. I haven't. But I, and while it is annoying, it's more meant for like campaign level monsters that are the end boss, and I think that's fine. Eh, uh, well, wow, we did it. We got to
2: the end of the questions. You know, I'm under quite three neutral hours. About that one,
0: you're neutral about it. Yeah. Okay. Good. Wow, real great commentary there. Real great stuff. I like killing things, and I like kicking things in the ass. So if anyone keeps going on about how you can negotiate with the fucking geckos, I'm gonna whoop
2: your ass out of here!
0: um shall we end the podcast just want to say thanks everyone for emailing in your questions on discord <laughs> uh good stuff really good I, I look i sounded like i was getting flustered here but it's only because we've gone on longer because of the fucking drilling appreciate
2: enthusiasm.
0: because do you know who's downstairs bloody white people ah albanians to be precise and uh you know shout boring. out to you brother it, fellow eastern europeans cool guys boring country cool boring guys. country boring people that literally and what i mean is that's not racist they're boring into the wall with a drill
2: <laughs> nice nice
0: Brought it back not racist hashtag um all right james socials what's going in you doing your uh, weekly streams yeah man so weekly streams
1: you can catch them on facepace and um itunes um no just <laughs> <laughs> just look up 3 t pods on google and then choose your choose your best pick um if you've been doing stream three if you um, don't if you don't follow us on stuff then just follow us on stuff donate to us because we could do with the patron money
0: no seriously one of our biggest patrons has backed out recently for very good reasons and uh, you know no, no somebody pressure, right? somebody have, no pressure but somebody's going to have to pay for this we, right because yeah. it ain't free right? we are we're, scrambling it. we are we're yeah. scrambling we'll boys to, my, we need the money we'll have to, like, james needs a roof for his house
2: yeah um your son might have to get a job Harrison, unfortunately
0: he's already got one he works he makes iphones and this great place in China he's the noise police <laughs> when they're drilling he goes mental Yeah. That's, thank you for that James and also of course we've got products um, now I think I can say this I think I can say this and get away with it but we've got products on Drive RPG, and uh, I've been using uh, 100 weird widgets in MCC and I've got to be honest I think I can say this because it was written by me like six years ago that it is funny
2: I was quite taken aback <laughs> with how good of a product it
0: is well what was great about the I'm making taken aback it- That's such an underhanded... To Cuss. be honest, it was it was my second try, time ever doing layout, and you I do think it looks cussed, nice, mate. So yeah, whatever. I mean, it is surprising this nice. I agree.
2: Sort of more like joking about. Nah, you well cutty, mate. I
1: showed it to uh, someone at work who enjoys a weekly RPG game, and they really enjoyed it. They probably oh tired.
0: cool. I'm I glad. I they were delighted. <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah, check that out because I allowed everyone to roll one entry from that book in MCC. Sean got a pet meteor on a string. Yeah. James, you got. Yeah. A hydroponic garden that sits you in your own mouth. Oh, that's and fucking cool. And somebody got a cube that can create a weather phenomenon of one cubic foot uh, for 12 seconds.
2: Which is the best item. You but, got the best one. Uh, Sticky rock is also good, though. I yeah. Think. It's fine. Because you know, I it. can climb in it now. It. That's true. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, thank you very much for listening. I've been Harrison Hunt. I've
0: been James Clark. I've been Sean Hunt. And remember the D20s are cool. But racism can fuck
2: off. Yeah, take that, take that bigot. Take I that hetero. We just ended racism. put senpai! best friend. I think we just ended racism, guys. No. No, David Getter did that. Mark. I will play that clip now as the outro to the
0: podcast. This record is in honor
1: of George Floyd. And I really hope we can see more unity and more peace When already things are so difficult. So, shout out to his family.